Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here. It is episode number 203, and it is Monday, December the 14th, 2020. As the year winds down, we are here to romp you through yet again the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy, diddy. Man, we're getting close to the end of the year, man. Boy, oh A couple boy. of weeks. I have the Christmas spirit. Yeah, the Christmas spirit. The, festi- the festivist festivities. Yep, they're all close, those too. What, what date is that this year? 23rd. 23rd. Coming up soon It's always week. 23rd, or is it always, like one of those yes. Thanksgiving situations? No, it's always the 23rd. Okay. <laughs> Folks, thank you for joining our situation here as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. Got some fun stuff in store for you, but before we get to that, I want to remind you, if you maybe don't follow us on Twitter, give that a shot. It's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. Lots of wrestling clips every single day. Drama-free wrestling clips over on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place to actually interact with not only you and me, but hundreds and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is where? OVP Podcast Facebook there. Yes, Facebook wow. slash Festivus. Yes, like, Facebook that's <laughs> great site. No dot com in that. We just... We're ditching the dots. We don't need no dots. Facebook slash Festivus. You could type that in. I don't know if it will work. But Probably anyway, the, you know what? If it does work, it has a search bar. What do you do with you that? You type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kaflui, all the customary yeah. uh, ceremonial. <laughs> like Final Fantasy music plays yeah. once you hit it, and then you hit the group and you join. And when you join the group, you basically agree to one thing and one thing only, which is don't be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And basically what that means is just be nice to each other. You, don't, you do not have to agree on your wrestling opinions. The point is that you don't tear each other down with personal attacks because of your wrestling opinions. Yeah. That seems like a silly thing to do. Just goof off and have fun. That's, that's what we're doing over here. We're not... It's old wrestling. It's not... I don't know your opinion on politics or oh, something God, like no, that. No, like, please leave that out. It's not anything serious. Let's no, put it that way. We're just talking about old wrestling from yeah. Brooklyn Brawler to Bastion Booger, right. Bam Bam Bigelow, Big Boss Man. It doesn't those mean you can't these. say they stink. You can say any of, those, of them Some stink. of those guys stink. Whatever you want to do. Don't say your friends over there stink. You right. Say. <laughs> exactly. Don't call each other names. And don't say their house stinks either. Yeah, even if their house does stink. Yeah. My house stink. Yeah. Anyway, Facebook, you have it. Uh, you can use it for other things other than having to block your uncle or whatever on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so go Sometimes he gets out of control, you he know. He does, yeah. Uh, and also, if you like OVP, perhaps you've been listening a while, maybe just a few weeks, few months, whatever the case may be, and you want more OVP content, we have tons of it over on patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Two tiers, just two bucks or five bucks. Out right now, we got two pay-per-views for December. Boy, oh boy. Survivor Series 91 and Tuesday in Texas, which, little preview, Tuesday in Texas is really fun. I'll say, I'll <laughs> say this, just um, without spoiling either. One is pretty good, and one is very good. Yeah, there you go. But I won't tell you which one. You have to listen to both. <laughs> and that's right. And next month, next year, even 2021, January, Royal Rumble 92 will be released. So if you want some more stuff, head on over to patreon.com 
slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, this season, we have a new segment, which we do. I've been liking these last couple episodes and we've been taking suggestions for it, which has been the best part. Week number three here. Week number three here. This segment, folks, you know, Quinn and I and all you fans as well, you've experienced a lot of things in wrestling. Sometimes things that are built up and they go really well. Sometimes things seem like they're going to go well. They have a lot of potential, but they just don't. And this is a segment that we've been doing. and We're going to keep doing this season called What Went Wrong? Tell me, where did we go so wrong? Who is that? I don't I, know. I still don't know. <laughs> I don't know who he is. It's it's the Doobie Boy. He recorded that for okay. us. Okay. Now, this one was actually requested by three separate people, so we have to do it. The people have spoken, everybody. <laughs> the people. The all people, three of all them. All three of them have requested this one. Mike Willett, Tony Barker, and Travis Voltz all wanted us to talk about, Quinn, what went wrong with the Ultimate Warrior as the WWF champion. Well, many factors. Couple I think. factors. Um, it's not just a it sucks uh, no, answer. It's not like WWF on TBS. As I see some people critiquing <laughs> that analysis. It, well, it was accurate analysis. <laughs> now, without getting into the whole backstory of the Warrior, because most of you know that, let's make this very simple. Obviously, by WrestleMania six, by the spring of 1990, the Ultimate Warrior had been the Intercontinental Champion. He had that great feud with Rick Rude and really, throughout 89, had come into his own as a bona fide superstar in the making. You know, I think people look at this retrospectively and they're like, oh, I don't think it was time or blah, blah, blah. But we watched all the pay-per-views in order up to that point. Yep. We've reviewed all of them, and the Warrior literally was, like, on fire. Yes, he was. Like, he was, like, it wasn't just, like, a one-and-done thing. It was, like, every time he was, like, in a big match, it was yep. always, always good. Yep. And there was no reason, if you're, like, a business person, you're like, we should cash in on this and, yep. like, make him the champion because he's awesome. And though Hulk Hogan had lost the title, you know, to Andre the Giant, technically, and he hadn't been the champion the entire run from 84 to 90, for all intents and purposes, he had been the uh, the flag bearer for the WWF for six years at this point, mm-hmm. mainly as the champion and all that the champion entails, which is doing the PR and doing all the promos and making the money. Most importantly, drawing the fans, right? Drawing mm-hmm. the crowd. So Hogan had done that for six years and he was tired and yeah. he admits that. He was tired, but um, he, he, he had, was also going to film a movie. He had such broad appeal. And honestly, I really think that the Ultimate Warrior character appealed to their audience especially kids especially kids kids. thought the ultimate warrior was the coolest shit ever like he like if hulk hogan was a comic book character come to life warrior was like more so that right he was it's like a 90s comic he was like colorful and like yeah he was like a little edgier because it wasn't just about take your vitamins and be a good kid it was was kind of like talking about take your spaceship and get the hell out of here ships and blood and skulls (laughs) yeah it's weird shit the deeper i went into the darkness the closer i came to the light and in that light hulk hogan there was a shadow a man that had walls you know the warrior yeah but i mean like to kids back then especially if you yeah if you look at the comic books in that time period like they were getting edgy like the x-men or something like that like they were like that yes they were and this was like this is so cool right why don't we we can make a ton of money off this yeah so work rate aside you don't have to mansion all that five-star match and six-star match work rate aside it's not a bad idea to look at the warrior and say well this guy's also you know very popular with the fans Let's give him a shot as champion. And Hulk Hogan obviously was on board with that. 
And they had a well-done buildup, you know, the Royal Rumble confrontation, the Saturday Night's Main Event confrontation, a few weirdness uh, in between there, a press Earthquake conference. Earthquake in the brown trunks. <laughs> Earthquake Don't forget. in the brown trunks, yes. And we get to WrestleMania 6. We all know about that. Warrior wins the title. And almost immediately, though, he's kind of handcuffed for several things. A, Hulk Hogan is still there. Right. And that doesn't quite bode well when Hulk Hogan is still much beloved. People aren't sick. Most people, I want to say, uh, for the record, aren't sick of Hulk Hogan yet in 1990. Not yet. I mean, this again, pre-George Washington Hogan. Right. Yes. Pre-George Washington Hogan and title wave and all that. So you have that going on. The other thing, though, when you think of Hogan's, not only Hogan's success as a champion, but also the sellouts that guys like Bruno San Martino used to draw. Right. And Bob Backlund. I know you don't like him, Quinn, but he did mm. do a lot of business. One thing they have in common is opponents. And yes. For Bruno, it was maybe a guy like Gorilla Monsoon in the 60s or Killer Kowalski mm-hmm. or Ivan Koloff. For Bob Backlund, he did a lot of business. Ken Patera, Sergeant Slaughter. There's a lot of guys worthwhile opponents where it makes it an intriguing matchup. Hulk Hogan, I mean, we could rattle off Roddy Piper, Paul Orndorff, yep. King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd, lots Randy Savage. Yeah. Lots of in-between fat people like One Man Gang and Kamala, right? right? Warrior, his first big defense on Saturday Night's Main Event in April of 90, right after winning the title, is against Haku. Right. So, here's the thing. I think, first of all, you're judging Warrior based on uh, what? How many months was he the champion? Eight, nine, eight, eight, nine yeah. months, nine months. And you're, you know, the programs were a little more drawn out back then. He kind of, it seemed like his overall feud was a lot against like people related to Rick Rude in the build up to that to SummerSlam. Somewhat. So you had like Heenan family members, right? Well, yeah, he actually, yeah, that's a good point. He feuded with Perfect on the house show loop, not really on TV. April and May of 90, by which point Perfect became the IC champion, and they still feuded. They had champion versus champion matches. Then he kind of transitioned over to Rick Rude in the build-up. You know, the house show business was rude as they built up to Saturday Night's main event in July and then SummerSlam. And then uh, that's where I want to pause. SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. 1990, a double main event. Now, you have your world champion, the Ultimate Warrior, right? Mm -hmm. Feuding with Rick Rude. The big build-up here is that Rude is the only guy that's ever beaten Warrior. Right. There's logic in that. Yeah, and so that that's to me why the why the first part of it was fine, right? It, it made sense. There's logic sense. there. Yeah. The problem with the execution, this has nothing to do with the Ultimate Warrior, is that at the same time, this was Hulk Hogan's big return match after getting squashed by Earthquake in the spring on the Brother yeah. Love Show. So that took away from it, right? Well, that's the thing, right? Because Earthquake was the hot new heel, and it wasn't going to the champion. He was going to... Hogan. Right, so you now have deprived the Ultimate Warrior of the top heel. Correct. Which is stupid. It's a bad idea. It's not like, okay, I think that it's a little overblown to say the Warrior didn't have opponents, period, because he did. He had all these he had to bust, get a bust through the Heenan family, right, to get yeah. to Rick Rude. That was the that was the program, right? But Haku wasn't exactly setting no, the world on no, fire. No, is no, my no. Point. But it was to set up that hey, you know, buy that SummerSlam pay per view because he's going to be fighting the real right. nemesis of this faction, right? And Rude did a lot to try to build this with those training vignettes, and he cut the hair, and he was really intense. Training hasn't been easy, and we know the toughest part is yet to come. The showdown warrior 
But we know that all men are not created equal. You see, we found that out last time I beat you, warrior. Remember last time I took your title? The match stunk, though. No, the and match I, was terrible. But it I, was a cage match, which was kind of rare at SummerSlam. It I was. Don't think it ever, had, it ever, had it ever happened at SummerSlam? No. A no. cage match? No. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Rude and Warrior in 89 is great. Great right. feud. And, the, yeah, so you had that, right? But the problem to me is after that, the build to that is fine. That's like three months or so. Yes. It's like a fraction of his, not, well, it's actually a big percentage so of his it's about title a third, yeah. yeah, it's about a third of that. But then after that, it's like, now what? Now what is right? Yeah. Randy Savage starts feuding with him, but the problem here is that it's all house show only. Right. There's they no matches on TV. They, they decide, let's go for the long build yeah. again. And by the time they get to that match, obviously, I'm talking about WrestleMania 7. It's not for the title, but still, that doesn't take right. away from the match or the angle, obviously. So this is a weird situation. It's kind of like he really only had two major feuds, and it's not, I don't know, it's not about the whole, all these opponents thing, because- Somewhat it is, yes. They, they were doing long-term booking with yeah, him. Yeah, Quinn, one of the things that makes a title reign great is having great title defenses. Yeah, you, but, you don't look at a champion that never defends it against anyone good and never has a good match and say he's a good champion. But you're also comparing him against Hulk Hogan, who it's like a different style, sort of. Like it seems like they were going for two. They went. They were two long builds in one title reign, right? They were trying to eat their cake and have it too with Warrior and Hogan. That's right. really what it was. That, that's mainly it. That it's really not that is. The Warrior wasn't. He wasn't feel, as drawing, uh, drawing effectively the I, way Hogan was. I feel like the execution was sound as far yeah. as the not not as far as the like house show stuff. Right. I mean, I mean to say as far as the idea of two long term feuds with opponents that mattered to the Ultimate Warrior. Right? I think, like, yeah. I mean, the Savage feud was great. Yeah. It just ultimately wound up not climaxing about the title. Another problem, also, and <laughs> people are going to get mad. Uh -oh. Maybe there should have been some kind of stopgap measure at Survivor Series, but of course, <laughs> we got to put some garbage yeah. on Survivor Series. Well, like, because, because maybe that would have heated it up a little I bit, know. right? Instead, it's just more complaining and nothing. Yeah, like, I and mean, he, more he, Warrior Team. More Warrior Team. Speaking of that, though, that's the other thing they were doing with him in the fall of 90 when he wasn't wrestling Randy Savage. Your world champion was headlining house shows, teaming with the Legion of Doom to take on all three members of Demolition, which, again, I get the idea and practice, but that's your world champion. Yeah. And he's it's not a little stupid. He doesn't have an opponent to defend the belt against. Meanwhile, Hogan's doing the big business against Earthquake on the house right. show loop. That's part of the problem. But it's weird that Hogan is all Earthquake all the time during this period. But the entire time, pretty yeah. much. Yes. Literally. <laughs> I think the other thing, though, Quinn. And again, we've talked about Warrior a lot as doing the pay-per-view reviews. Uh, this has nothing to do with Jim Helleg or Warrior, the man. Okay, we're strictly talking wrestling. He showed up for the big pay-per-view matches when he needed to. Yep. But day-to-day, -day, sorry, he's not fucking Hulk Hogan. No, he isn't. He but he's is di he's not. He's different, though. And you got... I, I'm still trying to... I think a little positively here... Because he was just so hot going into this Going thing. in, but yeah. not as it got going. Because he was, he was less... This sounds unbelievable to say, but he was less, he was more of a flat character even than Hulk Hogan was. Yeah. He really no, that's was. that's true. He didn't have as much emotional uh, connectivity with the audience. It was harder to garner sympathy for him. Yeah. I just, I think it's, it's two factors. It's two long feuds, right? Rude and Savage, you mean? Yeah, Rude and Savage and Hulk Hogan just not fucking just going right. onto the side. And it's so stupid. But here's the thing too, right? The WWF has more blame than Hulk Hogan himself does. And as much as people, 
Who's the owner? I mean, come on. If Vince says, oh, I can still make money with Hogan, of course he's going to book him. Right. So let's not blame Hogan as much as the WWF is what I'm trying to say. But you give him the stronger heel. But That's the problem. It's so frustrating, though, because are you giving him the stronger heel, though? Because no, because think about this. On paper, Randy Savage versus all the Randy Savage is like the top fucking heel. Not them. He was feuding so? in a mid-card feud with Dusty Rhodes. It was feuding with the Warrior, and eventually that became a big feud. He's still the Macho King. He was, but by- he's like, you know what? The, you know what the thing is? Is that WWF at that time had levels of people. Like oh, yeah. Earthquake is a main event heel, but he's ultimately a mid-carder. Whereas Randy Savage is like a was main in eventer the mid-card, yeah. in a mid-card. Yep, in a mid-card program. That's true. Like, it's just really strange. I yeah, I really think though. Look, I appreciate what they did with the Hogan Earthquake angle. It obviously worked. But if Warrior would have had that, his first big pay-per-view defense against the new hottest heel, he had fought Rude already. Right. That's also part of the problem. He had fought Rick Rude. there was intrigue by the fan base about it. I mean, I guess there was. Because Rick Rude could, was the only guy who could say that he didn't lose. He, he at least beat the Ultimate Warrior once. once. Because nobody of Bobby else said, Heenan. They acted like said, it was like he did it himself. But they he, did, but, <laughs> by, but with with a year difference, there's a lot of newer fans maybe who are Ultimate Warrior fans. Maybe, maybe. kids that just got into it. They don't know the whole back history of sure. the Ultimate Warrior. Sure. They, they're like, when did that happen? Oh, no. Like, the right. Ultimate Warrior lost to somebody? This is crazy. Yeah. You know? Do you think, forget the reason why Hogan was still there, do you think if Hogan wasn't there, that Warrior's title reign would have been more successive? Successful, well, yeah, because because he would have had he would have had everything to on his plate. He would have had earthquake. He would have had Randy Savage, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, all these fucking people. Rick Rude, like you know, like he would have had any everyone, and they could have spaced it out. Maybe given him two years instead of one, or even a year and a half, or maybe even a full year. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Go to that would be nice. Like, do you think it was a waste? And again, I don't know what it did house show wise, but do you think it was a waste booking wise to put him with the Road Warriors to take on Demolition? Yeah. <laughs> I also think that the other thing that they sort of messed up with, I think maybe they could have made the Warriors seem like a big, big, big fucking deal if everything was just to build up to fight Hulk again at WrestleMania 7. That's the thing. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if that, like, they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to do it. They did not want but, to. But like, ultimately, that would have made the whole thing with the warrior just so cool. It's like he beat like fucking Rick Rudy beat Randy Savage. Hogan's and old then, opponents. And he beats earthquake somehow. Right. Like, and then well, brother, can, then you, Hogan can, wins. You, can you do it again? <laughs> and then Hogan wins. Yeah. Though. And then Hogan wins, but yeah. <laughs> which would be okay. That would still make sense. It's but like it was, a logical arc. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons why it didn't work. Business in general was starting to dive anyway in 1990, probably uh-huh. during Hogan's run still. Part of it, you know, again, we're more fair to Ultimate Warrior as a wrestler than a lot of people are, I think. Yeah, it seemed ultimately that, it's, it, that the biggest issue with the whole thing is, it, like we said, they were like straddling with whole, like, they, they were like, two. they were trying to support two, like, main event faces yeah. with a, with one heel roster. Like, it's yeah. just really weird. And a weaker heel roster than they had had in the 80s, too, right. to be fair about that. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I think, again, he's not Hulk Hogan in the ring. And there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. He's not Hulk Hogan when it comes to doing PR. No. There's something to be said for that. And he's not he Hulk. He seemed to be good with the kids, though. He was good I, with kids. Kids. He was good with kids. That was the one strength they had with the Warrior, was that with with kids, I would say he was a step above Hulk Hogan. Oh, because I he, don't know about that, and Quinn. I'm, no, I'm only saying that no, because to no a way. kid, kids like 
cool like the cool guy right like that I guess that's what i that's what i just mean is like he he really fit what was going on in like kid world in 1990 like he really more so than hulk hogan by 1990 maybe i'm just saying <laughs> I, well, I mean as a kid back in the early 90s i was like hulk is an old guy ultimate warrior looks like a it was young, a hot new thing you right know, like a young radical dude you know? <laughs> yeah, Cowabunga. Yeah. And he had the face paint and everything and a very impressive yeah. look. There's there's some positives about him, but ultimately it didn't work. And folks, let us know why you think it didn't work. You can obviously do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can shoot us an email, ovppodcast at gmail.com, or obviously the best place. Join the group. Let us know there. But good topic, you three that suggested it, Mike Willett, Tony Barker, right. and Travis Volts. Folks, continue to send in your suggestions for what went wrong. We will be doing this all season long. Quinn, when we come back, it is week two of the Royal Rankings. That's right. It's the best feuds of all time in wrestling. Two more are coming out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. The Royal Rankings is coming up right after this. I don't know whether to call him uh, Mr. Warrior or if I can just call him Ultimate. But anyway, the Ultimate Warrior is next to me here. He survived a big challenge last night from the million-dollar man uh, Ted DiBiase. It was quite a match, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I would answer the challenge all the way for one from the Macho King stepped in. But today, I got my blood pressure is rising real high because I got the Macho King, the Pittsburgh Civic Center at 1.30. And he's going to bow down to the power of the Ultimate Warrior. We have no doubts about that, Ultimate Warrior. Anything special you want to say uh, to all the holiday folks uh, watching our parade this morning? I sure do. I want to say hi. I want to thank all my warriors for coming out and saying hello and sitting through the cold weather. And I want uh, everybody to remember that even though that there may be some unfortunate circumstances in their life at this time and this uh, this season, remember there's always somebody else that has a little bit worse. It's a time, better time to give than to receive. Those are very good words from the Ultimate Warrior. Thank you so very much thanks, and much good luck to you. Okay. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 203, Monday, December the 14th, 2020. Quinn's still here. May December the 14th be with you. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so, you know what may be with you, though? If you're interested in more OVP content, like we said, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Here's a down and dirty details, okay? $2 gets you the 1983 canon. It's a bi-weekly show where we're running through 1983. Right now, we're in September of 83. Okay, we started all the way back in January of 82. There's free episodes available all the way up to January of 83, okay, on our YouTube channel. Check those out. We're on this podcast feed. It is a fun time. $5 gets you that 1983 canon, but it also gets you the monthly pay-per-view reviews. We started back at WrestleMania 1. Right now, like I said, Tuesday in Texas and Survivor Series 91 are out. Next month, Rumble 92. These are a lot of fun. Two and a half, three, three and a half hours. Check them out. Five bucks is the highest you'll have to pay to get those. And here's the thing. If you sign up right now, go do it. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Do it now. Do it. Okay. You don't even have to pay until January 1st. Happy New Year. Here's your pay-per-view reviews, okay? What? <laughs> so check this out. We're not trying to get rich off doing this. We don't expect to make a living doing this. But for the people that have appreciated the work that we've done and they want more, we give back to you guys and we try to give you as much bang for your buck as possible. So head on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Check it out. See if you like it. And if you don't like it, just cancel it, okay? All right. Quinn, 
Yes. Royal rankings. Onto the show, right? Onto on, the show. Onto the ranks. That's it. That was a quick plug the, there. We're not trying to waste show. anyone's time. Yeah. Yes, hot. Yeah. All right, so the Royal rankings now. We're doing feuds. This is week two. What are the Royal rankings? Well, I'll tell you. Before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. We do that over on our Facebook group. And then our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he takes all of your votes and compiles them into two separate tanks. One for the best, which is the rankings. One for the worst, which is the flush. That'll be next week. And then at the end of the season, what you're going to have is the OVP Organic Certified Non-GMO USA is Certified Organic Ordained Baptized and Healthy. Best and worst feuds of all time. That's what we're doing. Now, there's two on the board mm-hmm. already. Let's run them down. <laughs> the big, big complex <laughs> big run. rundown yeah, here. Big rundown. Number one, Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. Which wow. Definitely in that's my book. A big, that's a big boy. One huh? of the best ever. Yeah, one of the best. And then number two also involves this Cold Stone guy. It's Steve Austin versus The Rock. Wow. Which is kind of the attitude era. We've called it like the attitude yeah. era of Hogan Savage. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of, it is. You're right. It's a you're lingering. Absolutely correct. <laughs> There's but several, Austin Brett, definitely better. And we're going to hit two more names now. We're going to see. I mean, somebody could very well knock Austin and Brett off the top spot. You never today. know, we right? We don't know. And remember, this is what you guys voted on. We're just doing the ranking. And without any further ado, I think we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Dusty Rhodes, whether I like him or dislike him, has got nothing to do with it. And I also appreciate the fact that hell... You can kiss my ass. And then when I put my hand across her face, my man, it felt so good I should have to pay for that. A man like Ric Flair coming after this championship belt. Listen to this, Hokoki. I hate you. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. It is the Royal Rankings of Feuds. Week number two. Like we said, Quinn, it's a very short list right now. Austin Brett, then Austin Rock. Teeny tiny. Teeny tiny, but two more names are coming out of the tank today. Quinn, we were talking, obviously, two weeks ago about what makes a good feud, and I think we've settled on uh, it helps get wrestlers over, the company over, draws business, good matches. It does all of those things. Right? Holds your attention. Yeah, it, it's captivating. Captivating. Yeah. You want to see what's going to happen the next time. Right. Right? At the, the end of Raw, you're like, when's the next one? Right. Yeah. It's like you, you're not waiting for it to end. You're like, I want more. Yeah. I want it, more. You know, what, you know what a good feud does? It, it has you like looking at like Oh man, it's almost eleven o'clock. Yeah, like, right. like, fuck, man, we need more details now. You know exactly. And uh, both of these feuds, Austin Rock and especially Austin Brett, really exemplify that. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see now. If you are you are you ready? I, I'm I'm ready. Okay, Let, we're gonna go down to the fans. Rock and roll. All right, let's go down to the fans. Let's find out which feud drew number three. I kicked you in the leg, Brett. And it felt good. It really felt good. Owen versus Brett, a personal favorite of mine. Personal favorite, also a feud that like goes on for a really long time, like even after the fact. Way after the fact, and that's one of the things I love about that's, it. Yeah, that is my favorite yeah. thing, and that it actually like it has a definitive end to it because of like yeah the Heart Foundation stuff. There's this whole arc now. Brett, yeah. Brett Owen was the feud that was going on, the main feud that was going on when I got into wrestling. So mm-hmm. it, it always hits home to me. And it's pretty easy to recap. Obviously, Brett had been in the WWF since 1984. 
Right. By 1993, he had been the world champion. He was feuding with Jerry Lawler, which... He was a cowboy, also. He was a bunch of things. Better be a cowboy. He was feuding with Jerry Lawler, which, oops, never mind, that's Shawn Michaels now for Survivor Series. Oh, yeah, that whole nonsense. Owen had been there unofficially as the Blue Blazer. That hadn't been acknowledged yet that that was Owen Hart, obviously. But he was the Rocket, too. But he had come back in 1991 to help out his brother-in-law, Jim Neidhart. Right. The new foundation, they teamed for a few months. They had pants. (laughs) <laughs> very festive pants. Neidhart got fired and then gave his pants to Coco Beware. Right. And, and we, suspenders. And suspenders. And we had high energy in the spring of 92 until mm, late 92, early 93. Then Owen had the blue tights mm-hmm. and he was a singles wrestler. Remember that? Right. With yeah. the blue tights. Briefly. And Brett, who was feuding again initially with Jerry Lawler, SummerSlam, we see Owen and fucking Bruce at ringside. <laughs> Bruce. There's the Hart family! <laughs> you started the war, Lawler. We're gonna finish it. Stop! Bruce Hart sucks, but Owen does not, right? Yeah. Owen's good. They, Owen's very good. Their clothes both suck at SummerSlam. Yeah, but, well, that's true. It's not very good. Leather trousers on mm. one of them. It's a little <laughs> weird, but anyway, they start getting involved, right? Because as a King's being a dick. Well, King, it's funny. King's like the successor to Bobby as far as the Hart family jokes. Yeah, and they like, egg each other on when they're both there still. <laughs> Anybody understand what he said? Could you mumble a little louder there? I love that the feud <laughs> kind of starts with Jerry Lawler simply because Jerry Lawler's really good at one-liners about the Hart family. Oh, they're funny. It's like they, I'm they, not they lie. just said, "Who has the best one-liners about the Hart?" Okay, you're feuding with Brett because yeah. it's, it's like feels like how they decided. Right? Yeah, they started the King of the Ring, yeah. and then it gets more and more personal. And by the time we get to Survivor Series, it's going to be Jerry Lawler and his knights, but instead it's Shawn Michaels. We don't have to get into why nice. and all that. This is nice. This is more about Brett and Owen. And Brett's going to re- recruit now his brother. So we have Keith. Right. <laughs> we have Bruce. Who? And we have Owen, who act- people actually know. You yeah. know? Like, yeah. At least we have Owen, right? Because people Keith are like, Bruce. we know Brett and Owen. <laughs> yeah. But who are these other guys? Who the hell's Keith? The fireman. <laughs> the fireman that, and the school teacher. The, the fact that that's literally like what they had to talk about. Like, they're good people. <laughs> fireman. And school teacher. <laughs> Vince is like, they've both been retired from wrestling for a few years. Yeah, and a few years. <laughs> a few years. And anyway, at Survivor Series 93, Owen Hart is the only brother eliminated, and it's a pure accident. He knocks Brett off the apron by right. accident because Michaels whips him into Brett, mm-hmm. and Michaels gets the schoolboy. Owen's eliminated. The Hart family wins. And afterwards, after the match, Owen comes back when the three brothers are celebrating, and Owen's pissed. He's a little mad. He's a little mad. So he goes on TV, and he starts cutting these promos about how... You know, he's the youngest brother. He's always in the shadow of Bret Hart. He's always right. overlooked. Mm-hmm. And Bret, for it's his... not wrong to no. be at that point in time. But it's not Bret's fault for having no. success either. No, it isn't. You know? it's, just, it's just kind of like... This is what I like about the feud, though. Yeah, you can, you like, can see both sides. You can see both sides, right? You, like, if, if you're... Maybe you are a younger brother, and maybe right, your right, older right. brother over, overshadowed you and your family yeah. all the time, because he, he always got to do everything first, so right. it's like, he seemed like he was the big, important one, right? And, and if you're the older brother, you're like, it's not my fault, I right. was born first. It's just, it's, it's all, I was born first, I just do things <laughs> yeah. before he does, right. because that's how age works, <laughs> exactly. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be better. Right. Like, Can't help remarking, but I thought that Brett was rather selfish in his attitude in the ring. Well, he likes to kind of hog the uh, limelight and the spotlight, and uh, that's fine, but I want a chance to show my abilities, and uh, uh, it kind of came out when they put me and Brett in the ring together. And Brett, for his part, is like, you know, I don't want to fight Owen and all that stuff, right? And then they patch things up over Christmas, and they have a new plan. I can't believe that they work that in. 
That it's so still, good. It's still the funniest. It's shit. so good though. <laughs> you know, we were at our house and like all that shit with the with the. <laughs> the background or my whatever. My mom was cooking the turkey and yeah. we said, you know, oh, and I love you. So, and, and my favorite other part is like, you know, we were talking and we thought we faced the Quebecers. Yeah, against the Quebecers. Yeah, against, right? uh, combine our efforts. Yep. And that's what they do, right? So they have a dandy little match at Royal Rumble 94. But what I like about it is in the promos leading up to and including Rumble, Owen's nice but there's this subtle hint of like he's not fully forgiving Brett just yet. No, he. he but at the same time, you're like they're family. He, he's he, not planning he, on turning on him, right? Well, no, that's the thing. It's like you don't expect it because they're brothers, right? Right. And that the they've made such a big fucking stink since 1991. <laughs> like Stu, yeah, good, and like all like it's like <laughs> yeah, good. The Hart family doesn't turn on each other, right? Why would they ever do that? Right. Like, like they might be mad at each other, but right. that's like. You know, you're mad at your brother for stealing your fucking toys or something. Right, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you get over it. Y- y- it's not like you're gonna stab each other in the back over right, it, right? Because they gotta take. They're against the Quebecers, and those are from. They're from Montreal. Like, fuck yeah, them. F them. And they're, right. they're, they're associated with the Rougeau family. Uh, yeah. We don't like that yeah, family. Right. We like this family. They still have problems with yeah. the Rougeaus. Yeah. And before I forget, I just need to mention this. Have you ever heard? I'm sure some of our fans have that Vince McMahon originally wanted Bruce Hart in this spot instead of Owen. <sighs> And horrible. Brett had to convince him, like, no, please give Owen the that's, chance. That's terrible. Bruce. Yeah. Like, get the fuck Bruce out of here. Bruce is always trying to horn. What was he going to wrestle the whole match with bandana on? <laughs> Fucking leather coat. Plus, Bruce is the older brother. Yeah. So he doesn't even work. He's like six years older than well, Brett. Well, you could. You Actually, you could. I'm not saying Bruce is good. Because he's I'm older saying, but you shittier. Could, yeah, you could be like, every, always my little brother, always like getting a one up on me. That's <laughs> fucked up or whatever. You know, my, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> that's my Bruce. Bruce Hart impression. Yeah. Anyway, back to Owen. So obviously we know what happens at Rumble 94. They work really well as a team, by the way. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, in kayfabe and in real life. It's a fun match against the Quebecers. Brett gets his knee injured and he decides he's going to try to win this thing. It was an ill-advised decision. You know, he puts right. the sharpshooter on. Timmy White calls for the bell because Brett, Brett's knee gives out. Owen's pissed afterwards. Right. And you can see again, both sides. Brett figured, fuck, it's the sharpshooter. I'm going to win. Yeah. You know and what I Owen- mean? Sees this is his big ticket, right? He can win a belt, right? This could this exactly is, this could launch him, right? right. And now launch Brett's the rocket. fucking ruined it. Yes, and it, Brett really loses nothing because he's still like going to be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and all he this can still shit. try to win the world title, right? It's like <laughs> what a fuck. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, so from Owen's point like, of view, it's like it's what like the fuck, this dude? was this was everything for right. Owen, and 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 Brett just screwed him. It was the one little lamb that he had. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Brett had the other. You know, had a whole friggin' field of of sheep. You know, exactly. And this is Owen's one little lamb. And Brett's ruined, according to Owen. So he kicks his leg out of his leg and mm-hmm. he cuts that promo with Todd Pettengill where he says that. You're too damn selfish, and that's why you're sitting there with a bad leg, and that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. It's funny that everyone remembers that the most. Well, because it is notable. Yeah. It, it really is. He kicked his leg like out of the, his leg. At the next event, there's something I remember even more than the oh, match. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, so now. Owen is full-blown heel. Like, right. there's no more, like, he's just a little upset. Now he's a heel, and he's challenging Bret Hart to a match. And Bret Hart relents finally and gives in. He f- he doesn't want to, but right. he's going to do it. And they're going to have a match at WrestleMania 10. It opens the show. Now, I want to I say a couple things going into this, because it does matter for the show, right? Yeah. And, and in the Bret-Owen feud. Now, Bret, later on in that Quebecers crap at the Rumble, he ends up... With, like co-winning, co-winning the rumble with Luger. Yep. Now, 
to make it all fucking fair, right? They have like a coin toss to decide who's going to fight or whatever. First. Luger wins, so he can fight first. But to be fair, because it's kind of bullshit for Yokozuna, right? Like he's got to fight two people. Or Luger would have to. They say Brett has to face Owen so that that's all like Brett also has two matches going into the second match. Great point. Good good thing you added that. But that also matters because Brett is going into this Owen match knowing like, well, this is important, but like I, I, I got to win the world title. Yeah. And Owen knows like, man, if I beat him, that I could potentially get a world title shot. Good right? point. Like yep. there's all this like stuff going on yep. in the background. Very good point. Yeah. So they open up WrestleMania 10. They have a fantastic match, which is literally probably my favorite personal match. I'm not saying it's the best match ever, but it's, it's very good. It's, it's it's like 100%, and I know we haven't even reviewed it yet, but it's 100% like a five-star match in yeah, my head. Yeah, I would like, have to say so. That's not just... I love it. it, it you just know it is. Yeah, I love it. We hurt him on the legs, and yes! A victory! No! Oh! 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 And Owen wins the big surprise roll up. He beats Brett clean. I no still chicanery. find it amazing, right? And it's a big setback for Brett. Yes, going into his big world title match, right? Like, and his knee is re-injured. His knee is re-injured, but really, it's like even though his knee's injured, he won the Royal Rumble with the bad knee yeah. anyway. Yeah, like to me, it felt like a moral like just degrading right like that lost to his little brother he lost to his little brother who has never won a damn thing right right you Nothing know what i mean note. and clean no bullshit yep you know it wasn't clean though the side of owen's mouth because right. he cuts so a promo is, yes and this is the thing that uh, so they're in the fucking like to- the toddster they're in the hallway he's in the hallway of msg with like fucking rangers posters yeah, in the no, background it's real. And, it's shit. Real. and owen comes back with spew on the side <laughs> and he's like i beat you brother like and, uh, like it's like can someone just tell him that that like white shit is on his mouth it's like so n- and you know what the worst part about it is Joe? it's like toothpaste i i can after watching the show like a million times as a kid yeah. i can see the exact point in the match where the spew ends up cut, oh i've like, never noticed that yeah it's like it's it's from the match it's not like it's like when he was walking oh, yeah, down like it's like it's like right near the end it like gets on him would you analyze this like the sabruder film or something like no, that no no no. it's just i always notice the spew and like on the grassy knoll just watching the match because it's one of those matches you watched a million times. I remember noticing once that, like, oh, it's like right after the roll up or whatever. Right, like, right. It's like it's weird. That's it's like funny. it's actually not like on his way back. <laughs> okay. Owens, in all his glory, he beat Brett. Brett does go on, though, to defeat Yokozuna that which, night for the title, which is hilarious because. He he can't even get through a whole night having his moment. He he comes out and he's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like like everyone hoisting Brett. Yep. It's like Owens had the moment of his life. Yep. And it's just no stolen. one cares. No one no one like they don't even act like it matters that Owen beat him. No, like, it's you know all forgotten I, about. It's all forgotten about because Brett has this glorious yep. win against Yokozuna, right? So Owen comes out after the match and he just. He looks like with fucking disdain. Like, what I do I got? That look. What do I fucking got to do? Yep. Right? Like, this is crap. So now they're the feud's full blown, and Owen challenges Brett. And on the house show loop, they're having matches. But right. on TV, on TV, we get to the build towards King of the Ring. Right. That's the big thing, right? So Brett, Owen always hates Brett this yeah. whole time. No matter who Brett's fighting, Owen hates him. Now, right. To be fair, going into this King of the Ring thing, yes. I feel Owen already has like 
in his head, right? Like, he beat Brett once. Why is he just not getting a title shot? Right. At King of the Ring? Why has he got to go through this crap? So he's basically like, well, Brett won the King of the Ring last year. I'm going to do it this yeah. year. This feels more of a just fuck Brett kind of thing, yeah. not a title shot kind no, of no, thing. No, no, no. It's just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Brett did it. I'm going to do it. Right. And he does, right? And the, the way he does in the finals against Razor Ramon is Jim Neidhart, who had previously returned to help Brett, allegedly, against Diesel, remember with Shawn Michaels lingering around, mm-hmm. to make sure, you know, just watching, watching Brett's back. Apparently, the anvil really was there to ensure that Brett didn't lose the title. That way, Owen could challenge him right, for it at SummerSlam. Right. Mm-hmm. And that leads to a cage match, which I don't like as much as the WrestleMania 10 match. So safe. That's where it comes from. It was so safe. I do like the post-match activities with all the hearts coming in and yep. Bulldog with the with the funny hair <laughs> yep. and all that. Glasses. Like, I, yeah, the glasses. I like all of that. Uh, good match. Brett wins clean, obviously. It's a cage match. There is no non-clean. You've got to... It's one... One, one person wins right. or they don't. So they have another series of ma- they have another match on Action Zone, the first ever Action Zone. Brett <laughs> oh win- yeah, I forgot. Yeah. This is when they're like, oh, Action Zone matters, yeah. and then after that match, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. The glass uh, table. <laughs> Brett wins that one clean. They have some tag matches where it's Brett and Davey against Owen and Jim. They do mm-hmm. that for a bit, and then we get the Survivor Series, and this is a, this is part of the Brett Owen feud, which is why we have to mention it. Bob Backlund is now challenging Brett for the world title, right? And now Owen. Because he's such an asshole, right? Like, he's just like, damn that Bret Hart for beating me. It's like, I'm going to, you know what? If I can't beat him, he if he has the WF title and I don't, well, he can't have it either. Yeah, right? exactly. So, so Bob Backlund in the worst match ever. Like, it's <laughs> so bad. But he, he sits in like a chicken wing for like 10 minutes. Yes. And like, Owen with like the performance Brett's, not, of a lifetime. Brett's never going to quit, right? No. And he's not even... He's not even going to, like, pass out. Like, he's just kind of, like, in it or whatever. It just hurts. It just hurts, right? And then, like, Owen is like, Mom, you gotta gotta throw in the towel for him. That's my brother. That's my brother. That's your son. And Stu's like, fuck you. You know, like, he doesn't doesn't buy it at all. And eventually, like, he gets... Helena throw the talent, yes. right? So she snatches the, it away from Stu. Just like, and, I hate wrestling. I hate this shit. <laughs> like so she just she's like, fuck it. It's just the W she's like, who cares about the WF? That's just a fucking leather belt to her. She doesn't care. That's her son. That's her son. Right? And obviously Owen was faking. Owen, yeah, then right afterwards, Owen's just like, ha, yes! Yeah, they it all is happy. Good. It's like, great. The towel has been thrown out. So now, Owen's cost Brett the title, but, like, nothing really, like, directly follows up other than Owen just bragging that he yeah. fucked him. He's just a pain like, in the ass about it. Right. So, Owen, th- this is my favorite part, is that it's not over for Owen, right? He's no. got to prove he's fucking better. So he, at WrestleMania, like, recruits Brett's old nemesis, yep. Yokozuna, Which we to win love. the tag titles. They win the titles. So now Owen's all won this the... just to say fuck Brett. That's, that's all it is. That's what's so great about it. And may I add, on the build-up to uh, that WrestleMania at the Sunday Night Slam from March of 95, Brett and Owen have yet another match, a uh, no-holds-barred match, where yep. Brett wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, Owen cannot beat Not Brett. Not in one-on-one action, at least, again. And then, like you said, yeah, Yokozuna, like, Brett, the, another guy that's beaten Brett. Yeah. Now they're the tag champions. Now, okay, so the feud cools off throughout the rest of 95, but the nice touch is that any time Brett comes up or something, or yep. if Owen's on commentary or, like, randomly has to mention him in passing. Or it's like, a holiday season. Yeah. They're like, fuck Brett! Yeah. <laughs> it's always that. And on top of it, it's like, 
Owens' drive always is to be better than Brett, even like when yes. he's a tag team champion. And then he wins the slammies and he won't <laughs> shut the fuck up about it because he's just like, I got more slammies than Brett. <laughs> fuck you all. Like, yeah, you know that's I mean? the other thing. Yeah. He he's just got <laughs> fucking managers just to say he's better than Brett to Correct. his face. Like, right. everything about his whole drive to do anything is that he's better than Brett. And as late as the fall of 1996, <laughs> they have a match in the European title tournament yes which owen wins i think it's chicanery but owen wins obviously because right. he goes to the finals so in the midst of this heart austin feud like remember how we were talking about the austin brett all right where austin yeah. and owen don't like brett but owen and bulldog are having problems but bulldog's still a heel but he doesn't like austin either and, and owen doesn't like him either owen doesn't yeah so yeah so what's awesome is that out of like their feud they are still like feuding even though brett's involved with austin right this it's so great that everything like connects yep but like at some point there's like there's this rift between him and bulldog yes. and they're fighting yes they're fighting in the ring right yep and the, the, both of them have kind of even forgotten about brett they're just so fucking mad with each other right yep. and meanwhile bret hart has had this tirade because steve yeah. austin's driven him crazy this mm -hmm. is right after wrestlemania obviously bret hart has just snapped He's been decreed. He's been descending into madness anyway in '97. Right, Bret and Hart. Austin has been stirring the pot with Bulldog and oh, Owen yeah. too. On top of it, like that, that, that he's making it worse. He's for one them. of the catalysts for them yeah. having problems. And finally, we get to that match that uh, Bulldog and Owen. It's finally going to come to a head on Raw. They have a little bit of a match for a little while, and then, as we all know, Bret Hart interrupts it, pins Davy down with a chair to get them to stop. Remember, mm -hmm. it's like really good, and then. Again, we don't want to rehash too much of this, but they, he cuts that phenomenal promo about how, you know, on, oh, I used to make sure you got the school bus and all that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, and this, what's so great about this, this actually, like, bookends the That's Owen it. Brett feud. It's, it's over. Unbelievable. Owen like hugs Brett. Crying. Brett gives the look like fuck this guy. Fuck everyone. Yeah, fuck everyone. I'm just using them to fight Austin. Yeah, fuck uh, all of you. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like, but like to Owen. He's convinced. Mm -hmm. Like he has no reason to be mad anymore. And then as we he just wanted he just wanted the like acknowledgement from yep. Brett that he was good. That's all he wanted. Yeah. And as we always mention, that's where Owen does a hilarious 180 and he's yes. Mr. Brett. Oh, he's like <laughs> Brett Hart fanboy for the rest it. of 1997. It's ridiculous. I love it. That's my brother. Yep. You don't touch him. <laughs> yep. like, he's he's but he's still a heel. It's wonderful. I love it so yeah. much. And that's really it. That's the feud officially like that's the official close to their arc. Right. And it's great stuff. We'll get into the ins and outs of why it's good and where it should rank. But as far as a, a world title feud in 94, it was okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like the um, I like the build up to WrestleMania 10. I like all of that more than I than I like their summer of ninety four feud. Yeah, to be like, honest with you, I, that's the best aspect. But I really love the the carryover stuff that I like, like that goes into the other years. That's always lingering. I always felt that that is one of the more focused aspects right. of of story building in the WWE right. back then. Like I couldn't believe that they kept going with it. No, I agree with you. It was always a nice touch. Anytime Brett's name would come up, Owen would have. So it was just it was well done. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that was number three, folks. So Brett versus Owen. We'll see where that ranks. But now it's time to go down to the fans and find out who drew number four. Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. A lot of Steve Austin on this list, Quinn. Austin McMahon. Austin Brett. Yeah, yeah really, really, right? Every single feud That might so tell far. you something. Yeah, yeah, that might tell you something. Austin McMahon 
obviously um that is the attitude era right it's I mean, probably it really is it's probably one of the most money-making feuds yeah. of all time period yep. end of story yep and the best thing about it is they really never wrestled they did but I, no but i mean in the grand scheme of things not yeah, a lot no 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 it not wasn't lot. about that exactly. this was like okay so this is like an overarching like background plot line that drives absolutely everything that goes on in the attitude Correct. Era, right like and, basically and, yeah and austin it starts very casually, and I'm sure it was just incidental. And like around the spring of '97, summer of '97, where Austin is just like, anytime he's being interviewed, tells McMahon to shut up, or he just yeah. makes these little snide comments. My favorite is the "It sucks." It like sucks. That, that whole interview. That's one of the best ones ever. Where Bulldogs yeah. music's playing in the background of those. Like, it, like we always take the "It sucks" part, but a lot of it is him making fun of Vince, like yes. like during like a commercial bumper or something. Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, it's like, we're going to talk to Steve Austin, and he's like, you fucking screw me, yep. like, and all this shit. And then it really starts to heat up after SummerSlam, where Austin's legitimately injured. Right. Uh, with a neck problem. And Vince, obviously, throughout 97, had becoming more and more acknowledged without it being said that he was the owner. Things like King saying, this is getting out of control, McMahon. Yeah, things like, like, where, that. like Where he's complaining to... It's weird, the characters start complaining directly to Vince, That's which, when it, which is weird. Like, there's there's like one episode of Raw, I swear, where like Brett comes right. out and he just starts yelling at Vince and not Gorilla. Gorilla. Yes. Like it's it's. I'm not gonna lie. Like when this was still like the early days, the only first two years of wrestling, I didn't really know Vince McMahon was the owner per right. se. Right. No, like, I understand. Because I, I was just a kid. I didn't. I like didn't know what was going on in the business sheets sure, or whatever. Sure. Like I, we're like ten. Yeah. It's just like I don't care who owns yeah. this. Like that's not really my interest. <laughs> right. right. But then like when they start acknowledging that like. Whatever Gorilla Monsoon says is really what Vince McMahon yes. wants, not not the other way around. Then, Correct. then it's like it made you understand, right? Yep. It's like Vince McMahon is actually the owner in like disguise or something. Yeah, you know? disguise as an announcer. Right. So that's where that really starts because Vince is now playing the owner. You know, the character of Vince McMahon is now also the owner. Uh, so by this, the fall of 97, now September 97, Austin's pissed off of Vince McMahon, and that leads to... The Stunner. We all know the Stunner from MSG right. Raw, September the lady 97. As it does it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hell, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> oh God! Vince, though, is still an announcer. You know, he's still doing his announcing. But anytime he has to interview Austin throughout the rest of 97, it's getting very contentious between the two of them. Right. Because Vin- of this stunner, right? Because of the, the stunner. Like, Vince is like, what the fuck? It's still amazing to me that that was such a big moment as far as, like, television was concerned. Just the stunner. I think more needs to be said about that. You it know what I mean? It was a big deal. Vince had, I mean, the last time Vince took a bump was what? Maybe 1991? Inci- By, like, incidental When bumping. Piper hit him with a chair by accident. Maybe Savage threw him across the floor in 94. But it was very incidental. This was, this was this direct. Was direct, like, no, Fuck you. Yes, like, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, I'm going to actually attack you. And I love how he had been stunning other people, so it wasn't out of nowhere. Yeah, you didn't know, like, why are they doing this every week? And then you... Re- it's that moment of realizing this is why they did it every week, yeah. right? Was so that it would build up to the top of the, the food chain, right? Yep. And he wasn't going to stun Gorilla, because Gorilla A was in poor health and wasn't on TV a lot. And it's right. Just, you know, so Vince is the guy, right? So anyway, Survivor Series 97 hits... Vince hadn't really been getting a lot of cheers anymore when he was entering the ring no, to interview Austin. Not but that he ever really was. I mean, no, he was like, <laughs> but he was neutral, if not yeah, a face, right? Exactly. By the time we get to the fallout of Survivor Series, we all know now we got a heel on our hands, and he plays it up. Right. So, so now, and now he's not announcing is one of the things. So he's not wearing the stupid raw tracksuit anymore. Right. But the important thing that turns Vince into a heel is the Bret Hart 
screw job it, definitely it, it, that it, it has nothing it. to do with austin no 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 it doesn't yeah, that, that, but it's key right it's key to this feud they take the heat that's on vince from brett and they right. transfer it into this austin he thing. cuts the brett screwed brett promo yep which immediately that that is the this alarm is a lot that, of people the alarm bells too that like okay he's a heel now right, right. that that mainly so now when he's coming out to interview people or get interviewed now because he's not even an interviewer now he's getting booed and he's right. playing it up and then we get to January, and this is the best part, right? We get to January, and he's got this big gloating surprise. Right. Mike Tyson is going to join the WWF. Right, and now Vince is, like, directly the promoter at this point. 100%. He, he, is, like, he is, like, saying, you know, at WrestleMania, Mike Tyson will be here, and he's all proud. Yep. And there's, he brings out Mike Tyson with the whole fucking entourage. Yep, yep. And then, like, mixed in, the Stooges are with Vince. Yeah. Like, all the, like, Tony Grand shit. Yeah, like, and all Slaughter. The, like, the... All the people that we knew as the officials yeah. are now like you're seeing them conglomerate with Vince McMahon and you're like it's all these like light bulbs going off. You're like, oh, Vince controls all these people. Yes. That's what all these stupid people yes. all these years like Gerald Briscoe. Like, what are they doing? Right. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, you'd always be like, who sends these people out? Like, right. at least I would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now it all like to me, this made a lot. This filled in a lot of gaps. For sure. Me. Like sure. This Mike Tyson thing. So then we get to Austin. Austin just storms this whole promo with Tyson. Right. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, yeah. basically like the fuck out of here yeah it's like this is i'm the star here right gives him the double middle finger pretty pretty memorable iconic moment right then tyson shoves him back big melee erupts here and then vince <laughs> this is it's incredible you ruined it yeah you ruined it he's like audibly and he's not even mic'd up that's yeah the camera's so, catching it. vince is so loud he's a rattlesnake jailer you said It's catching this, like, it's. I feel like it's the first, like, Vince in a rage that you catch. Yes. Like, and it really, right. like, it's like, wait, I didn't even know Vince had that, like, that, that voice could, in him, like, right? Like, that he could be that mad yeah. at some, like, I've never seen him direct anger at anybody. So now he's pissed off at Steve Austin full right. blown, right? Austin wins the Royal Rumble, and there's this interview, I think it's Kevin Kelly interviews Vince uh, shortly after the Rumble. Mr. McMahon, do you want to see Austin <laughs> as a champion or not? And he's like, oh, hell no. Remember right, that? Exactly. So his intentions are known. Like It's like, he can't be the champion. Right. right? But he does become the champion. So the next night on Raw, he has this exchange with Austin about, like, we're going to either do this the easy way or the hard way. You know right. what I mean? I want Vince is kind of like, the way he cuts it is like, well, I always win. Like mm -hmm. there's no, you don't really have a choice, right? Right. It's like, you could agree with me, not agree with me, but you're going to be what I want you to be because I am the promoter of this company. So fuck you. Basically. But that's what it's saying. That's also the promo for the record where Vince, uh, where Austin drops the old winged eagle on Vince's foot on purpose, <laughs> which is very funny. <laughs> right. When he gives him the new belt. The, he the passing of the belt torch. <laughs> the way Vince sells it is amazing. <laughs> it's so, so stupid. So the next week we're going to find out, is Austin going to do this the easy way or the hard way? No, he's going to do it the easy way. He's going to come out in a suit and a mm -hmm. ball cap, which Vince asked him to take off kindly. Which is surprising <laughs> at first. You're yeah. like, what? You're like, what the fuck? This is a great story. This is really well done uh -huh. stuff for the time. It really is fun. And uh, Vince is all proud because he got his way. He right, always yeah. wins. They take pictures together. Also with the big cheesy smile. <laughs> the hat on. <laughs> yeah. With the, and then he's like, you can take this film and get it developed. This is the last time you're going to see me in a suit. He rips it off. He's got the regular Austin yep. crap on. And then I love how he, he gives Vince a ball tap and takes his picture. Right. Exactly. The new Stone Cold wants you to take this camera and get the film developed because this is the 
absolute last time we will ever see Stone Cold Steve Austin wearing a ridiculous suit like this son of a bitch I got. So then the following week, April 13th, 83 weeks comes to an end because at the top of the show, we find out that Austin's just going to fucking fight Vince. Yeah. Which is how things happen back then. They Crazy. just be like, they're fucking fighting. Yeah. Wait, what? But Vince this is wrestling. This sounds very commonplace now. If you, but I mean, at the time as a kid, I had watched wrestling for several years. You, Vince is going to fight. What are you talking Vince about? Vince is going to fight. This is escalating really quickly. <laughs> yep. Like on raw. And it's the, it's the theme of the entire show. We keep going back to these. I know Vince Russo never did anything good, and he was just there. He's a warm body. I know he sucked, and he was terrible. Right. Bro, all he says is bro, and all he does is put things on a pole. I get it. But this is his fucking awesome work here. Yeah. This is his influence. There's no yeah. way around it. And anyway, we keep going back to these awesome vignettes backstage. And of like Stooges. Tra- training Vince. J- Remember at one point, JR, JR goes back as like real JR, you know? Like, yeah. And he's oh, like, and he's like, you don't have to do this. Vince, like, don't do yeah, this. I'm yeah. telling you not to do it. You're going to get hurt, blah, yep. blah, blah. And like the Stooges are encouraging it. And like this, again, it's good character building for like, the entourage Vince surrounds himself right. in, right? Yes. Like, you know the what I mean? like, no, Patterson, you'll fucking get him, Vince, you know? Yeah, and, and like, you gotta do the thing. Hook him under the knee, Mr. Mac Man. The, the, the Mr. Mac Man, that, that's where that comes yep. from. I remember even Shane's like, dad, don't do this. Right, Shane's involved. Yeah, we start to yeah, we get, get to know we him. We start to know like the son that like, Hey, that's that ref sometimes. <laughs> like, wait, what the fuck? Like, wait, that's his son? Right. Like, that, these are all light bulbs that start right. going off. Like, I love all of this stuff because it starts clearing the air of, like, what you would see certain things over the years. Like, who's that? Why yeah. are they with him? Yes. Like, and, like, it all starts to connect these dots. Absolutely does. Yeah. So let's just hit the signpost here. We'll just we'll go through the big moments here. Uh, obviously, the match doesn't happen. Dude Love interrupts it. And now Vince has proxies. Because right. he's not going to fight Austin at pay-per-view. So right. Austin fights Dude Love a couple of times. And then all in between, there's like yeah. incidents. So right? on the week to week, it's basically like Roadrunner and Coyote. Right. It's essentially a fucking cartoon where it's cat and mouse. It's Vince trying to screw with Austin, but Austin gets some kind of revenge. Or Austin screws with Vince, and Vince gets Austin arrested or yeah. puts him in a match that he doesn't want to be. There's all these like, yeah, situations. Yeah. Like, I think that some of the notable ones people remember is the Corvette. They're Fills like, the Corvette with cement. Which, which again, that to me exemplifies the Roadrunner yeah, Coyote it's kind, a cartoon. Of, kind of thing. The idea that like it's this totally side story where Vince is just like, I got a new car. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> and then like Austin's just like, fuck your car. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it is, though. It's just like that. Or when Vince, this is, you know, later in the fall, when Vince gets the ankle injury and he's in the hospital. Right. And this whole like parade of crap happens to Vince first. Like Mick Foley's in there. Mick like, Foley. And this, start, this, all, this starts establishing Mick thinks he's like Vince's son <laughs> yes. or something. Like, but then the best is obviously Austin attacks him, dresses a doctor with the bedpan. Like right, it's all yeah. funny shit. Uh, the kidnapping from the fall, right, with the bang 316, Vince right. pees so his pants. This is, this, to me, that was like a real escalation. Right. Like, that was like, holy shit, he wants to kill him? Like, he's got he like, a fucking crossbow, right. to, like, loaded to his back or something. But obviously, he was just trying to fuck with right. him. He didn't yeah. really want to kill him. Okay, but, so those are like all the Austin Vince stuff, but the proxies is Vince fucking with Austin on every pay-per-view match, right? Right. So once once we get to June, it's Kane, right? And Vince like orchestrates Kane as the challenger, 
first blood match, Kane comes out with like a double sleeved costume, which means he can't bleed. Like it's such like you know what I love about that? That is such Vince McMahon bullshit. I to love like it. Fuck over Steve Austin. It's like it's a first blood match, and he has nothing on his body that can bleed. Yep. Well, Austin's <laughs> screwed because Austin's just in his underpants. Like and he's he, not even like he doesn't. He's not covered up more. Right. And he does lose. Right. And Vince is all proud the next night. The shoes. Yeah. yeah. Vince whips out his like special shoes. Yes. The fucking, this is the weirdest thing. They have the red carpet and then they have the old WWF belt, which is always. I don't know why that happened. Uh, one it, time. It's still weird. It's just that one time. It was weird. But Vince is so proud. He's so proud. It's hilarious. And then uh, Austin wins the title back that night. Vince is pissed, right? right? And then we get to the summer where Undertaker's like, I want the title. And Vince is the one stirring up shit between well, because, the Undertaker and okay. Kane. So this is the thing, is that I think Vince knows that, like, Kane, yeah, he could probably be Austin, but the fucking Undertaker, right. he ain't gonna lose to right. him. He's Undertaker. Like, so, yeah. He never loses. So even though Undertaker's a face, Vince is trying to, like, stir up shit. He's trying to draw out the Undertaker. Yep. Mainly. There's cahoots going on, yeah. allegedly, and we get to SummerSlam, Austin wins, blah, blah, blah. We get to the fall, and now finally, after 1998 is over, we've hit the point, you know, we, well, we need to mention Survivor Series. Vince with the big master plan, you know, to have yeah. The Rock become the champion. Screw right. over Mankind. Screw over Austin. Shane was in on it. Yeah. One, two, fuck Shane, you. Yeah, Shane was thought to have been against Vince now in the whole, like, as we had said, there was, like, this myriad of, like, people connected mm-hmm. to Vince in the backstage. And they had they had done a short-term storyline where Shane, right. fuck you, dad, yeah. and, like, all this stuff. Yep. But it was all just a, just a trick. Like, it's all the master plan. Like you said, Survivor Series 98 is great because it ties up all these loose ends yes. from throughout the year, like the fucking Undertaker and Kane and yep. Mankind, and R- The Rock, who's like doing his own thing on the side, but yep. like cares about the world title, like and Austin and McMahon and like fucking Big Boss Man and all yep. this shit, Boss Man. like all like all of it is tied up into a nice little box at and the that, very end. And now Vince finally has his corporate champion, right? That he wanted all along. The Vince Rock. has the Rock, right? And now the Rock goes long term with yep. the title. So this kind of advances our timeline a bit. So the thing that I just mentioned to drop in here is, well, Austin can still get a title shot, right? Royal Rumble. So Vince himself enters the Rumble, has all kinds of like circumstances to allow him to win the Rumble. So Austin's like, fuck you. We're finally going to actually fight. Yeah. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And who debuts but Paul White, right? The, the giant. Big, the big show. Like. Big show. That escalates the feud. But now, by the spring of 1999, Austin actually starts to tentatively... Maybe not hate Vince as much. I don't want to say he Kinda likes like him. Say that like because of the Undertaker feud. Right. So basically, like Vince, like we had said, kind of initiated the Undertaker getting like way darker because of because yes. of just trying to stop Austin. So yes. the Undertaker kind of starts crossing some lines, right? Like yes. it's like you've unleashed the full fucking now, power of the Undertaker, and like now he's in like rage Satan mode. He's Satan Taker now, right? right? Yeah. And that leads to the higher power, which, again, I hate. And it was yeah. really Vince all along to which, screw with Austin. It's just another extension of right. the Vince Austin storyline. Now, this is kind of the poor part, but it, it, it kind of p- fixes itself, right? A little bit. So Vince yeah. gets, uh, there's a stipulation where if Austin wins a match, and forgive me, I don't remember it off the top We're of my head. We're talking about 99. 99. July, now, yeah. yeah. Uh, where if, if Austin won, Vince had to leave the WWF, and he does. When he comes back in the fall, he's a face. Yeah. Triple H and Stephanie screw him over. You know, that's when all that happens. Vince is now a face all the way into 2000. Austin has nothing to do with it because he's off the screen. Finally, we get to 2001 
where Vince has been a total dickhole, you know, feuding with Shane. Right. The Linda thing, the right. Trish. Remember all oh that? Oh my God. Making Trish like eat a dumpster or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was that? Where they put her head in a cleaning, cleaning thing? I don't know He's what that was. such an asshole. He, basically, they like reaffirm that Vince is a fuck. Like they spend yeah. like, they spend like a good like six months like eviling him up more yeah. again because he was gone for a little bit. Yeah. Like, Almost like a soap opera character like in terms ridiculous. of evil. He's yeah. ridiculous. Like he's just terrible evil billionaire right yeah and obviously we know what happens at wrestlemania 17 i need to beat you rock and he does beat him because vince himself helps join in and beating yeah. down the rock because we like we we forgot to say here is that austin in the build-up oh, here yeah. he has like been in this kind of rut or something like he needs to he wants to get his title back he wants to get his title That's back why. yeah like away he's not even thinking about vince at this no, point it's no. all about him but austin essentially says and this is essentially what ends the feud he says like well fuck it right if yep. i can't win it like doing it the austin ways it's like i'll just team up with yep. vince and fuck it i'll win the title back pretty much yeah now the feud does linger i mean the invasion thing happens and austin goes into madness and starts playing guitar and acting right. really weird but that's to me post feud i'm cutting it off here at 2001 yeah. i mean because anytime now anytime austin comes back and vince is you know conscious he stuns him it's like a lingering legacy feud well they turn it into <laughs> like they turn it into like Oh, if Austin and Vince are in the same race. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Remember yeah. when they didn't like each other? Remember the 90s? Remember when like, people watched? Yeah, like, literally, like, that's when the two of them are in the ring. Now. Yeah. It's kind of just like, it's almost like he stuns him, and then they get up and shake hands. Yeah, I and know. they're like, we're they, friends, don't worry. They might as well take a bow, you yeah, know what exactly. I mean? And freeze frame like <laughs> yeah. a John Hughes film. It's so stupid now. So we'll cut it off 2001. Yeah. The, the handshake, the WrestleMania 17, I think, is the logical cutoff of that arc. Right, right? yeah. Okay. That said, it is ranking time. Very brief reminder of the very brief list. At number one is Austin Brett. Number two is Austin Rock. Do you think Brett Owen has a crack at beating Austin Rock? I do. Okay, I do too. I think it's a little bit better, actually. I think it is, but I'm going to say off the bat, I don't think it's better than Austin Brett. No, definitely okay. not. Okay. Not at all. So without you know making this too quick of a discussion, we'll just say for a second, I think, I think and you tell me, the reason Owen Brett is better is because there's more emotional connection in that yeah, one. Yeah, it's more real. It's more real. It's, it's more not layered. bombastic. And it, it also, it has that like carryover stuff. Which anytime a feud yeah. has that lingering stuff that actually has a payoff at the end, like the Owen Brett hugging thing. Right. Then I'm like, I'm sold. This is a great feud. You know, one thing too that's great about it, Quinn, is it happened during one of the most ill-regarded times in wrestling, the new gen, but it's really good. Well, to me, it's one of those feuds, Joe, that makes all the new gen stuff add up to what becomes the Attitude Era. It ends and of the like, Attitude Era, this practically. Is, this is something that I don't think the new gen era gets a lot of credit for, is that they used a lot of pieces of feuds and cobbled them together to make the Attitude Era. And they people did. don't ever give that credit. And this is one of those like cornerstone yes. like gen, new gen feuds that... Yeah. Like, cobbles together to make a major Attitude Era angle. Absolutely. They yeah. used their past, and they used that as a building right. block. They used the best of it, and they got rid of the worst of it, and that's what the Attitude Era became. Yeah, absolutely. With some new talent, absolutely. Right. So I think that, yeah, I think it's better than Austin Rock. I think Austin Rock is good. Um, that's more of like, these are your two top guys, they're going to yeah, feud. that's your Hulk macho man. Yeah. Uh, Brett Owen, I mean, all, all three names on here, Austin, Brett, Brett Owen, also are all good matches in these. I mean, the yeah. <laughs> matches are all good. Definitely. Um, 
Brett Owen, I don't think, obviously did as big a business as Austin Brett. I also don't think it's as intriguing as no, Austin Brett. I think this is a, a perfect, number two. This is this is where this should be. Okay. Yeah. So what about Austin McMahon? Because that, so, that's big, man. So this, okay. That is that is why now, they're now, drawing ratings. First of all, it's better than Austin Rock and Brett Owen without even like thinking about it because it's just, it's Austin McMahon. It's like literally they make DVDs about it. It's, it's, it's one of their cornerstone fucking feuds, period. From a business standpoint, from a business standpoint, it's the biggest one on here, but that's not our only criteria, no, obviously. No. Now, I, mean, I have thoughts here just automatically against Austin Brett. Okay. The Austin McMahon feud, while long and interconnected, and I like all that. Yeah. Um, there are points in '99 that really, really hurt this feud. I think it's all. A lot of it leaves a sour taste in my mouth during the higher power reveal. Right. It's what it is. Truthfully, is the bridge. So in '99, right? They are running out of ideas of Wildy Coyote and Roadrunner. Yeah, you can't keep and, that going. And they think in their head, well. How can we, what character can we use to like extend it, but like, you know, not trick you and like yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they go with the whole Undertaker thing. I just didn't and it's like just it. like, it feels out of place in this feud too. Yeah. I didn't like, like it at the time. Like magic powers and Satan yeah. and all this shit doesn't feel remotely connected to Austin and McMahon, but yet it somehow is. They've drifted away from the core focus of the feud, which is that Vince was a, a successful businessman that wanted Austin to be a certain way. Right, and he eventually dissented into bat- madness because Austin has an effect on people. He, Which he drives people crazy. Is fine, yes. But then when you involve w- wearing hoods and like yeah. crucifying it's your druid. daughter and yeah. all this, yeah, weird I know. Like, it's like what the fuck We're is going on? Getting in a silly town, yeah. And then it does lie dormant. I mean, we we acknowledge the 2001 aspect, but really there wasn't much to do with them. I think one one match we did overlook in the Austin McMahon. It's probably the best match of the feud of them fighting. What? Believe it or not, and I know people might say, Quinn, you're fucking crazy, but I love this match. It's Vince and Shane versus Austin in a ladder match oh, with a briefcase. But King the of match the ring. King is of the ring. really, really, it's really fun, it's fun and good. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. That's like, where the briefcase ra- briefcase raises and no one knew who did it or whatever. Right. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, but that, King whole, of the ring. that whole match, Yeah. the reason I love that match is because if at the, I remember it at the time feeling like I didn't know who could win. And I was really intrigued by the idea of Austin somehow like controlling, be, becoming Vince. And I thought that that was like very intriguing. That was right after the higher power reveal. And I just want to follow up because I couldn't remember earlier. Yeah. The thing I was talking about where Vince had to leave. Right. Was fully loaded. 99. The next uh-huh. month, July, where if Austin defeated the Undertaker, Vince had to leave. Okay. And that's actually really the end of the first round of that feud is July 99. Right. But I want I just wanted to throw that in there as far as ranking this feud yeah. because we 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 had said, you know, all these feuds have good matches. They do, I, but I think it's I a mean, misnomer to say there isn't good Austin McMahon matches because I really feel that that's up there that was one of the better yeah. things match wise. I really thought that match was super great and fun. Well, and, I th- I also think that they're um St. Valentine's Day Massacre match, and as far as a Vince McMahon spectacle brawl, is really yeah. good. No, yeah, for what it is, they you know? have a couple of bangers in there that yeah. are like, you know, they're not like technical feats or anything, it's but Vince. like, and I know people are gonna be like, Quinn, what the hell are you talking about? Quinn, what the hell go, are you talking about? But go back and watch that ladder match. It's, it's a, fun. It's a fun it's fucking fun. time. Fun. Yeah, like yeah. it's good. But that's what Vince did in yeah. his matches. It was spectacle. It was right. fun, and it also brought us Shane wrestling, which. You know, people have mixed feelings on that one too. He Michael. was really good when he was younger, like up to like 2001. Okay. He was excellent. All right. Yeah. 
let's think about this though. Austin McMahon was more of a week to week storyline TV feud. Austin Brett was too, I guess, huh? Yeah. Damn. I mean, look, there's it's a if you're strictly talking what had a bigger impact on ratings, it's clearly Austin McMahon because that's what turned the ratings type. But Austin Brett is a more it's better. It's a more from a creative standpoint and like well thought out. You can tell storyline. Like it's just yeah, it's just well done. And like the fact that like like I said, it's a pleasure to dig through the programming to see the Austin Brett thing evolve more so than it is Austin McMahon. Yeah. And I can't really give you a exact explanation as to why that is, but it just is. Like see, it, it's just and it's also the fact that it has a definitive point where all the people like intersect yeah, I know. at that raw or whatever. And like <sighs> it's not that Austin McMahon doesn't have, have that no. also. I know. But I think Austin Brett it just does it better and it's it's shorter and more compact also. It has a logical a con- start and finish as too. As a consequence to Brett like leaving the <sighs> company too, but here's the thing. You could say Austin McMahon's the biggest feud on here, because I think it is. Austin McMahon is the biggest feud. It's the feud. biggest, but it's not the best. Let's put it that way. Week to week, creatively, I prefer Austin Brett, and we also got two really good matches out of it. So again, folks, if you just want to strictly talk business and what drew money, you're putting Austin McMahon at number one, but if you wanted to do that, why are we doing a show? Right. Now, this is about- <laughs> Just the, read a fucking this list. This is about the feud. It's not about the feud that sold the best. Correct. It's about yeah. the day-to-day, week-to-week, what do you- right. What do we think is the most effective? It's very close, but if I'm gonna, we do a best, uh, m- most money making yeah, feud, but we don't need to do that. That you could just look that up. Yeah, you could just look at the numbers. <laughs> exactly. There you go. So, uh, we'll we'll keep Austin Brett at number one. It's very close. That's though. not to say I, I I wanted to put this out there to people. Is yes. It, it making good money is an aspect. It's just not. Of course. It's not a hundred percent of it. Yeah. That's all. Exactly. So, all right. Austin Brett stays at number one. Austin McMahon easily slides into number two, though. Yep. And that'll do it, folks. Uh, We always like to say, feel free to let us know if you agree or disagree. But like I always say, let us know why you think we're wrong. If we don't just say, hey, you're wrong, you assholes. I mean, you can, but that's not very nice. Let us know why, and we'll be happy to hear that. You can do that, of course, on Twitter. Email us or join the group. But let's run them down. Number one, Austin Brett. Two, Austin McMahon. Three, Brett Owen. Four, Austin Rock. That's what we got this week. Next week will be the flush. And Quinn, when we come back... Let's go to Canada, eh? Hey. Yeah, we'll see what this is all about. It's a WFWA, eh? Coming up right after this. Todd Pettengill standing with the Hart Brothers. I got to tell you guys, the Quebecers are here. They are cockier than ever after winning those belts back last Monday night at Madison Square Garden. But you guys have got to be feeling great. Back together over the holidays, everything was settled. You're going for the title as the Quebecers won the belt back. This has got to be absolutely a special night for both you guys. To say we're a little overconfident would be an understatement. Let me say one thing. Once Owen and I, and I'll say it right now, when we're the tag team champions after tonight, we're going to give the Steiners one, two, three, keep kid, Marty Jannetty, they're all going to get a shot at the belts because you're looking at the best in the aerial wrestling and you're looking at the best of the technical wrestling. The water is under the bridge and we are together. That's right, excellence of execution. Todd, this is the happiest day of my life, the greatest opportunity, the one that I've waited all my life for. And believe me, Brett, it all happened when the Quebecers, when they won those belts back, I knew that was our calling, that was our fate. This is our chance, Brett. I'm going to make you proud of you. I'm going to make you the WWF Tag Team Champion a third time, and I'm going to bring that belt home to you, Mom and Dad. Let's go do it, Brett. 
Champions Absolutely, the Hart brothers. Ladies and gentlemen, they are pumped. They are ready to go, and they are taking on the cocky Quebecers. The tag team championship is on the line. I'll be watching. Let's get back to ringside. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, Check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 203. Quinn, we're reviewing something. Yes, we are. This is, we can thank Richard Land for this one. Richard, why? 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 Why'd you do this to us? The first time in a while we've really dealt with something absolutely hideous. Yeah, no spoiler. I mean, let's just say it right here. It's horrible. I'm not not even mincing words with this. Now, listen, if you're newer to the show, we literally try to go into everything with a positive outlook. Mm -hmm. I really do. Like, I, I, if it's something I've never seen before, a promotion I've never heard of, I really try my best to look for the good. This hit me that it sucked the moment it opened. Yeah, I know, Quinn. I was just like, this is not going to be okay. It's not good. Now, what is it? It is the WFWA, which... uh, (laughs) Sounds like a fucking radio station. (laughs) Really rolls off the tongue. Oh, yeah. This became the International Wrestling Alliance in 1994. Uh, It is defunct. It is closed. It closed in 2000. But we can tell why that is. Yeah. And it opened in 1973. So Wait, what? Yeah. So by this point, it was already around for 18 years. Now, it stood for the West 4 Wrestling Alliance. If I <laughs> Excuse me? What? West 4. West, the F is 4, not Federation or anything? West 4 Wrestling Alliance. Now, if I had to guess, this is a guess. I don't know much about Canada. But I'm imagining the four that it's referring to are the four westernmost territories in Canada. Or provinces. Or pro- what, pro- what provinces, there? sorry, yeah. that's what I meant, yes. Yeah. And if that were the case, that would be Manitoba, where it was based. Okay. Saskatchewan, Alberta, and British Columbia. Isn't that like half the country, essentially? <laughs> like, yeah, but east of it is Ontario and Quebec, which are right. pretty big players okay. in, the whole, I see. in the whole provincial yeah. <laughs> scheme of things. Anyway, we're not Canadian. Yeah, no shit. That is what this was. It was founded by a guy named Tony Condello. He was an Italian wrestler, promoter type of deal. Never heard of him. Me neither. Anyway, I never heard <laughs> of this. I don't know why Richard Land found it. I don't know wh- why this is on YouTube. Well, you can no one, find it. Well, because no one cares. Yeah. Like that's why it's on YouTube. Like, just, you know what? You know what the funny thing about wrestling that actually is on YouTube and nobody cares to take it down? It's yeah. always the worst. Like it's True. like just the bottom of the barrel garbage. That you're if absolutely right. If it's actually right. good, it would be on WWE Network <laughs> where you'd have to pay for it. Now there are some wrestlers that we know that pass through here. We're going to see some of them on today's program. I want to mention one really incidental thing here. One of the titles they had was the IWA Junior Heavyweight Championship, mm-hmm. and one of the people that held that during his era of having like seven or eight belts was Ultimo Dragon. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. that, was that included in the belts he I held at was. WCW there? I think it was. Uh, that there, was always amazing to me, that whole gimmick coming out with like 60 belts. I loved belts. it. I thought it was so cool. Sonny Ono, so fucking proud. Right. Like, <laughs> For the record here, this is May 27th, 1991. 
Like I said, you can find it on YouTube. Just look up WFWA Wrestling. You'll see the May 27th, 91 Hopefully episode. Hopefully you don't mess up typing it the first time. because yeah, What is initial. that acronym? I don't Like, it's know. awful. But anyway, let's get to it here. WFWA Main Event Wrestling. And we get a happy late 80s, I guess, style intro. A lot of sunset flips, clotheslines, dimly lit arenas. It's, it's basically generic sitcom music and a bunch of wrestlers wrestling. Yeah, also, but- just I want to know, because I guess it got cut out of notes. Somebody gets spun on top of their bald head. It's amazing. Oh, I didn't see that. That was the only stupid thing I noticed in there. (laughs) Uh, We got Baron Von Roshka in there? Yeah, in 91. That means you're (sighs) you're really... That's not a good omen. Rolling here. (laughs) Bulldog Bob Brown. (sighs) This place looks like a fucking medieval times in the background. (laughs) This is already some sorry ass shit. Intro and you're already done with it. (laughs) Uh, Here it is. WFWA main main event wrestling and uh, Joe Aiello and his fluffy mullet welcome us from like Zordon's house (laughs) or something. I don't know what he is. Am I supposed to know who this is? I feel like I know him. Hi, everybody, and welcome to WFWA Main Event Wrestling. I'm your host, Joyello, and we've got an hour of action-packed wrestling coming up for you. You know what? Joyello was very briefly a fill-in uh, platform interviewer in the WWF in late 92. Was he now? Yeah, I think it was Sean Mooney was on his honeymoon. So Gene did the event centers, and they needed this guy to cover, and it was Joyello. You know, you know, you're a star when your entire existence is based off Sean Mooney's honeymoon. Just say it. You think they called it a honeymoon? Uh, maybe. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guests at this time will be the opposition for the Ultimate Maniacs at Survivor Series. I'm talking about Razor Ramon and Nature Boy Rick. Joe Aiello, Quinn, has actually interacted with us several times on Twitter. He has thanked us for posting these clips involving him. He has fond memories of working for the WWF. Wrestling was not his primary thing. He's a radio host. So actually, to be fair to him, a very well-known radio host in the Winnipeg area. Oh, is he now? No, he really is. I did not know that. But he is not. You know, wrestling wasn't his first career. It's something he did. I'm not from the Winnipeg area. No one really is. I don't know these towns. (laughs) But anyway, that's who Joe Aiello is. Anyway, we're told that today's main event, I'm going to give it away. Big spoiler. Jimmy Brunzel (laughs) versus former NWA star Makin Singh. And he gives their weights, and I literally don't even care. It's not really time to be announcing the weights just yet. No. It's like, who cares how much Jim Brunzel weighs? We're going to also get a great Matt classic from a few years ago. We're getting reruns on this show. (laughs) We're also going to get a hot young rookie named Chris Jericho. Okay, there's a bright spot. I know him. And also, there's going to be a big show going on, Quinn, at a hotel at Georgie's or something in June. <laughs> Georgie! Georgie. Anyway, we uh, we go to break now. If the bumper makes me want to watch Growing Pains, <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> we come back where Joe Aiello introduces our first match. Uh, he's from Winnipeg, you idiot, but he now hails from New York City. It is Chris Jericho. You know, I got a question about this New York City business, Joe, yeah. real quick. Isn't his like dad from like Buffalo or was on Buffalo Sabres or some hockey He's not from New York City, per se, or is he? Well, he's actually from Manhasset, Manhasset. Long Island, which okay. is not, it's almost New York City, gotcha. you know what I mean? So, I and see. his dad played for the Rangers and a few other teams. Uh, so, not the Buffalo, not whatever. the Buffalo. <laughs> I wish that was Buffalo. For no, some it wasn't Buffalo. Nobody cares about hockey, boomer. Anyway, we go to ringside in this barn or whatever we're at here where you could see like noticeable Molson lights it's on the table. It's just a fucking restaurant <laughs> with a ring in the middle. Like, I'm not even kidding. 
It really? is like medieval, medieval times. Yeah, You're it's right. very medieval times. There's literally tons of just beer bottles, like ringside. It's right. amazing. It's very Canadian. Anyway, Chris Jericho hops out looking like 1989 Shawn Michaels. I'm not kidding. All happy. Yeah, like, hi! Very this high. Is this Club Taboo Club or Taboo. some yep. shit? Thank like, you. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Uh, Jericho's opponent is Stan Saxon, who looks like Scott Steiner without the steroids. He's the fat chopper with a mullet. Yeah, That's all he much. is. The referee shirt, by the way, it has like thicker stripes on it, which kind of bothers nah, me. Didn't bu- that didn't bug me too much. Just I don't the, like it. the Molson ice and environment mostly bugged me. The ref looks like Bob Backlund's brother, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> Saxon with a Pearl Harbor to start, chops in the corner and more. The announcers happily count along. One of them is Joe Aiello. I honestly don't know who the other one is. Hopefully they say their names. <laughs> they don't. They don't. I don't I, know who the other one is. The other one sounds like imitation Ed. Whalen or something. He definitely does. Yeah. Yes. It's not Might, though. I thought it was him, but it's you not. said it wasn't. From here, Joe. Three chops by this Four, young man. Five. Six chops now. Reverse rip or whip. Uh, Jericho with a backdrop and a drop kick into an arm drag into an arm bar on the mat. Because 1991. Arm, 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 arm. Uh, by the way, Jericho is extremely young here. 20 years old oh, yeah. for the record. Yeah, very I mean, young. He still wrestles today, so he has to be young here. <laughs> God, 30 years ago almost. Yeah. Uh, Saxon's back up off the rope shoulder block by Jericho. Off again. Saxon with a hip toss. Elbow misses. Arm drag by Jericho into the arm bar again. By the Joe Aiello, fine announcer, by the way. There's nothing wrong with him. He's all right. His color man, as we'll see, are not good throughout nope. the show. Irish whip by Jericho. Leapfrog again. Spinning back elbow and he's seriously wrestling like rocker Shawn Michaels which is not a bad thing oh by yeah the way. I mean it definitely seems to be his inspiration but the funny thing is is that Shawn Michaels is still a rocker at this point in time there's not even an inspiration to be had he really is still a rocker yeah it's yeah. May of 91 right so it's very true. much a rocker <laughs> it's funny but why Shawn Michaels specifically why not, in, in well, 1991 why not I'm just saying, it's not. He's not like a huge star, known commodity at this no, point. Yeah, still isn't. You know. Anyway, a double what? under, huh? Double underhook suplex by Jericho gets two, and the color guy's like, "Oh, there goes my head, mother! Forget the bicycle helmet." Uh, okay. Nice wishbone there. Oh, wishbone. there goes my head, mother! Forget the bicycle helmet. Like that, that that again sounded like something Ed Whalen would say. It does, but it's not Ed Whalen. I promise. <laughs> Wounded knee or whatever. It's like <laughs> what? Shredded my shell at wounded knee or whatever it is. Remember Leatherhead? Yeah. That, anyway. That's like what that saying felt like. <laughs> Chin lock by Jericho. Back up and some chops in the corner by Jericho. Corner whip charge and a monkey flip as we get Jericho chance from the hosers in the crowd there. Snap mare and an elbow by Jericho gets two. Wrist lock by Jericho, but Saxon rakes the eyes. Can we get on with it? Like, I'm, I'm already... I'm over this match. Saxon with a nice vertical suplex for two is another Jericho chant fires up. Saxon lands backdrop. Also, can I just say Jericho's trunks suck? Oh, the sherbet like, orange. Horrible. You don't like and they, it. they got like the rips with the like, like you could tell he has white trunks under these other trunks that are ripped up so that right. it looks layered or something. Doesn't it's have a awful. whole lot of money tied up in yeah. wardrobe, does yeah. he? <laughs> he just took two pairs of trunks and and ripped up the ones on the top and wore the other ones on the bottom. Well, maybe they were already ripped. You yeah, know what I, I mean? He's going for this layered look anyway. Stupid. Off the ropes, Jericho with a sunset flip schoolboy for a close two, but Saxon's still in control. Aiello calls Saxon the beast of the East. What? Well, first of all, that's Bam Bam Bigelow. Second of all, he's from Chicago. So the, the <laughs> amazing part of that line, Joe, yep. is that he goes, Saxton's from Chicago. You could call him a beast of the East. Like, isn't that what? Like directly south of that, Manitoba? That is not. And that <laughs> right? is 100% wrong. Like, absolutely wrong. <laughs> I guess Chicago is like southeast of Manitoba, but still, it's wrong. But to, to the, the people in the U.S., it's center, 
Midwest. Mid- yeah, it's Midwest, yeah. which is the middle of the country. Yeah, that's yeah. very wrong no matter how you want to put it. Yep. Uh, Irish whip by Saxon Duck under high cross body by Jericho gets uh, two. I thought it was going to be the end here, but no. Snapmare by Saxon into a chin lock. Please end. Okay. Uh, Joe Allo runs down some of the exciting stars that we're going to see in this territory, such as Ken Patera. Don't brag about it. <laughs> God. Just grasping at straws so much. Can't wait for that. We got these old people. (laughs) Hot promotion. I know. Saxon with an Irish whip. Big clothesline sends Jericho down. Color guy. Cancel the voice lessons, mama. I'm not singing tonight. This is what I mean. Ed Whalen. This is where I caught it, too. He really sounds like Ed Whalen. Ed Whalen Jr. over here. Just what the world needed. Anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, Jericho gets a sunset flip for a very close two. Corner whip by Saxon. Charge misses. Jericho's back up. Beal toss. Snap suplex. He heads all the way up top. And a nice spinning back elbow off the top gets the win. I had no issue with it as a match. I mean, it wasn't good, but it was fine. And you can see Jericho's talent even at 20 years old. It's nice, but it's too long. It was long. Especially for opening. I don't like when they do these on these syndicated shows where it's like, you know what I want to see? I want to see a fucking long-ass jobber match. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's exactly what I want to see for the first 15 minutes of the show. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's I, so annoying. I get it. Uh, Jericho looked good, though, even for a kid, huh? 20 yeah. years old. No, he did look he good. good it's just the, whoever paced this, where they placed this on the show, was a poor idea. Let's see if it gets better, Quinn. Uh, we now cut to Jericho backstage somewhere here at Club Taboo in, like, a cinder block room, cutting this promo about how when he pulled up here to Club Taboo, he saw hundreds of screaming kids chanting his name. Wrestling fans at a wrestling show? That'd actually be newsworthy today. <laughs> yeah, but. really. And he's like, and that's when I realized Winnipeg was cool. And th- this seriously, listen to this promo. He like makes this diving analogy about going under life jackets. Seriously, if you listen to this promo, it's a Hulk Hogan promo, Quinn. Also, he's like, did you notice, Joe? He was like masking his Canadian accent. Oh, yeah. Like he he had like, he sounded like he was from like, not California, like, not like deep south. Like, no, he almost sounded kind of. like, yeah, he sounded like rugged American yeah. style. Like, it was weird. Now, he was a Hulkamaniac, Chris yeah. Jericho, right? You could see the influence, because I swear the imagery here, when I pulled up and I saw the screaming fans, yeah. and I, when I go under and the Hulkamaniac... He's just repurposing yes. it for his own, like, voice it, and, like, style. It's a Hulk, it's a Hulk yeah. Hogan promo. Anyway, go to the Kirkfield Motor Hotel at Georgie's on June 19th. Very prestigious. None of that sounds real, by the way. <laughs> None of it. Not Georgie's Kirkfield Motor Hotel. And this is, we hear about this fucking motor oh, hotel constantly. all show. It's the, it's the like only show. There's like six times they talk about it. It's the only so show excited. they have coming up, I think. Uh, no, there's also one at the oh, yeah. Air Delta Garden or whatever City. the fuck it is. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, we go to break and we come back where Joe Aiello introduces our Matt Classic from three years ago. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? What? Didn't they record more than this? So <laughs> all they got that's new is Jericho and something. Let's see what we got. It's Rick Titan. First of Ugh. all, that's fake Razor Ramon. The, Rick Bodner. Wow, what a winner. <laughs> like they pick what a classic. And he's taking on Sheik Adnan Al Kasi. Fucking General Adnan in his heyday. Is that Joe, even his heyday? Eighty eight? It just hurt my brain. The fact that he said this was a classic Make in the WFWA and Three like, years ago, by the way. It, it, the both people suck. <laughs> It involving General Adnan, period, it, like disqualifies it from classic. Yeah. Like, it, it's just not. It's just old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't tell who's the color guy. It's a different guy now. But if I had to describe him, it'd be like Oliver Humper, DDP, Ventura, Valiant. Like, there he sounds go. like a description. Rent a heel commentator. Sizing him up, my foot. Soften him up, I said. Get, Soften up. Listen to what I'm saying, will you, please? Uh, the referee's name is Hank Meadows. As Adnan takes off his shirt to reveal he's old as fuck. Horrible. Terrible. Um, we're joined in progress, at least. 
with the Sheik attacking Titan before the bell and some choking. And yeah, Adnan looks horrendous. He looks like a long-term congressman. Yep. Like, I swear. Got with elected the gray, in like the 50s yeah, to wrestle. The gray comb over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Saggy like a volleyball uh, pecs. It's just, it's all bad. Aiello brings up again Kenny Patera, but this time from three years ago. <laughs> Shut up with They were Kenny hyping Patera. him three years ago. They're hyping him now. Nothing's really changed. Come on. Anyway, Sheik with a fucking nerve hold to start here. As we get a look at this crusty man. Who is that? I don't know. That's terrible. <laughs> Rick Titan, by the way, looks like a moron. He looks like imitation Sting. Sting Master Blaster, like it's, one of those. so bad. I don't think the Master Blasters were thought, around yet. I thought for a second, before I realized it was fake Razor, I thought, is that Kevin Nash? I know, with, like, that's what I mean. The way his hair was. Like, yeah, he just he has, wasn't like, tall enough, unfortunately. He has like Nash's uh, Master Blaster hair. Yeah. But he look, he's supposed to be like a Sting character, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it just felt like it was possible that Kevin Nash just looking to get his career started. Yeah, like, look elsewhere. Farting around in Winnipeg. Should have left. Yeah. Anyway, the referee has very, like, Pat Patterson 1980s hair. Also, we're still in the nerve hold. Literally nothing is happening. No, literally. Oh, and, my God. This and, this match show. And I also, hate it so much. The color commentator is still horrible. Uh, we find out his name is Bobby Jones. Very creative name. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe ILO here brings up how it's surprising that Adnan is is wrestling since he's mainly been a manager. That's not a good way to put him over. I think, I think mainly that you should just cut out Adnan. It's surprising he's wrestling. That's period. Period. And you don't have to say anything else. <laughs> um, Titan finally powers out, but the Sheik with an eye gouge, some punches to the gut. Adnan plods away with hideous stomps before going back to the nerve shit. This sucks. How many more matches left on this show, Joe? Like, why are why are they showing this? They could have showed anything else. They, they, this is on a replay. Like, this is something not. Yeah, this even isn't new. happening they live. They need to show this, right? Also, you know what? I I'm just thinking about it right now. God, do you Could you imagine? You think he's called Rick Titan because he's like he failed to like qualify to be on WWF or some shit? Rick Titan. Mm, I don't know if that's why, Do you think Quinn. that's an in-joke or some crap? I don't. I don't or, in all honesty, no, I don't. Okay. It's probably just something that he chose. He's also known as Big Titan sometimes. Yeah. I, I think that's just what it is. Piece of garbage. <laughs> anyway, Titan finally back up into a wrist lock. I bet you Dave Meltzer liked his name. Oh, Titan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wrist lock, but uh, Adnan reverses and grabs the old rat tail to bring him back down. I hate it. Adnan then bites the fingers as Aiello veers into, like, Canadian Joey Styles territory. He starts to sound like him, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, look at him now, looking for approval from the fans. I don't mind him. He's really not bad. He's I a pro. I actually thought for a second he was Joey Styles I'm, because you had said you'll, the announcers are good or something at this show. He's not bad. Uh, no, I'm not the announcers. Oh, uh, okay. Just him. Okay. Just I, him. I thought you had said that, and I was like, oh, it, when we got to the ring, I thought Joe Aiello was just the host and he wasn't the announcer. He's both. So I thought... Oh, is, is this Joey Styles or something? No, but he's not bad. Yeah. He's really not bad. Uh, we actually then get a shot of him at ringside and the color guy. So Joe is using like a handheld mic to do his commentary. I don't have money. And Bobby Jones looks like a retired professor, but like he wasn't a good one. You yeah, know, like a just, shitty professor. Just one kind of getting to pension status yeah. and then retiring. Pension professor. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we're in the wrist lock still in case you care. This stinks fucking ass. It was generally not ever good. <laughs> Like, was he ever like, I'm uh, this is a serious question. I've never seen anything where he wrestled a competent like match in my life. I honestly don't know the answer to that. If he was good as Billy White Wolf, maybe in the tens or whenever, you know, it was like 70s. But I, I don't know. Wrestled I wrestled Ric Flair on the cave paintings. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
the cave painting circuit. Circuit. Yeah. He actually built the cave. Yeah. Uh, Titan's able to reverse, get a single leg, grapevine the leg, and we stand, literally, he just stands around with his leg grapevine for like ever before he finally snaps the hamstring. Adnan begs off, asks for a timeout, and I swear, like Titan- (laughs) This was the dumbest thing. Instead of doing something, Titan just claps around dumbly, doing like a little dance for like a full minute while Adnan stalls. Like, what in the utter fuck is this? What am I watching? Doing a hoedown, it's all kinds of ass. It's one of the worst shits I've (laughs) ever seen. Like, it's so bad. No, it really is bad. Even Joe Aiello is like, come on, Titan, do something, you know? Can the TV station just turn the show off, please? Like, this is poor. This is really bad. No, yeah. I'm, we're not exaggerating, folks. Like, it's just isolate this match and you can just, you'll see how bad no, it is. No, it really is. Like, I don't want to even yell about how bad it is because I don't want you to think I'm trying to sell it to you. It's no. that bad. I'm serious. It's really it's like poor. like torture to watch this. I had to pause it like six times because I just couldn't watch it. I put it on 1.25 speed. I'm not kidding. Oh, really? I really did. Oh, see, I don't have that option on my YouTube. Um, Sorry. Like on my Apple TV, <laughs> the way I watch it. Or oh, whatever. I did. I had yeah. to. I was like, this is torturous. Yeah. Uh, Sheik back up and he gets another, he gets a massage by his manager, Golden Dick or whatever. It doesn't matter no, who his none manager of it matters. is. None of it, no, nothing. Even Joe Aiello was all pissy about how long Adnan is stalling. This is unbelievably bad. This Horrible. Match. Like Adnan offers a handshake. Yeah. And you'd think, okay, face doesn't fall. Titan falls for it and he gets attacked. Like, I hate that. You know, the last time I've seen a match this bad, I feel, was that, what was that indie promotion with um, Stately Wayne Manor in it with that those tag guys that were horrible? You know what I'm talking about? ECW, Stately Wayne Manor. Yeah, but it was like before they were ECW or whatever that was. Was Stately Wayne Manor where, another where, one? Where um the Spectrum guy was there. That, that was ECW, Quinn. Yeah, That's yeah. That's ECW. That had one of the worst things yeah, ever. That, that did. I forget the team's name, but they were yeah. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. This, this is, is like, on that this level. This is on that level, yeah. yes. Uh, back rake by Adnan, which Titan sells like he took a power bomb, like he's like dead on the mat from mm-hmm. that. Biting by Adnan. Speaking of biting, we have this match. And now, I'm not making this up either. They literally <laughs> just walk around for 15 seconds before Adnan leaves the ring. Are they going to do anything? What is this? It's And then Titan, like a big doofus, just stands there and watch Adnan walk out. I can't help myself. And I literally like, I don't like sigh. Like, usually I'll write the word sigh or like... Yeah, to be funny. I actually went... No, like, it, like, like in the... I'm... That rarely... Like, I, it's just... I had no patience for this match. terrible. Yeah. Adnan wanders over to the Molson light tables before... Cl- and they're still there even in 88. Before climbing back in. <laughs> Titan finally punches him, tosses Adnan into the turnbuckle 10 times. No one cares. Joe Hale, the fans are going wild. They aren't. This may be the worst match ever. Yeah. Like, no, like, it literally you, might you know, be. Like the, you know how like um, Meltzer uses the minus five stars rating as like... That's Alvarez, that, yeah. Or Alvarez as... That's like what the worst match possible could be. Yeah. This is like that. Like it could be. This is like could... in my As far as my scale, There's as far as seeing matches... Like, this is, like, one of the worst matches I have ever seen in my life. No, I agree with you. There's nothing happening. Like, I could actually, like, it's rare that I could actually say I could, like, I could conceivably rate this minus five stars. I think I would if we were rating this. Yeah, no, it's... I could could conceivably do that. This isn't just a dud. Yeah. That's for sure. It's below dud. Yeah. It's, it's, they're not doing anything. No. One of the things about a wrestling match is you wrestle. Yeah. 
Just it's, walking around and doing back rakes and it's, fucking massages. It's, it's so bad. Corner whip, big stinger splash, poorly done by Titan. Three punches on the turnbuckles. Yeah. He stops. Even the stinger splash is bad. It's how the all fuck, bad. How the fuck do you fuck that up? You just jump on him. He goes back up, does three more punches. Just do ten. Yeah. How does he fuck that up? It's crazy. You don't do it in multiples of three. He's taking breaks in between. <laughs> He's like tired or something. He's supposed to be a young up-and-comer here. Horrible dropkick by Titan, but he misses a flying shoulder block. Irish up by Adnan, and then a horrendous dropkick by Titan misses. Horrible! Did you see that dropkick? Yeah, he was, was like... It, an no, angle. he does like... like I, I was like a... I couldn't... I was trying to describe it. It was like a donkey kick or like... I like I don't know how... He like... He jumped up, but like his... On his back, he wasn't on his side doing the drop. It was it was so bad. It was like a Donna Christianello Survivor Series '87 like style dropkick. Drop but not but like, it was not, like a missed yeah. dropkick. Yeah, it was terrible. Adnan clamps on an abdominal stretch, which Joe Aiello calls a camel stretch. Bobby Jones calls it a cradle. What he calls the- that's not he, what he's going for the big camel stretch. That's a rebra- that's a cradle. That's a- that's a cradle. Oh. Who is this guy? I don't know. Get him out of here. Whatever the they hold don't is. help either. They're contributing to the minus yeah, five they stars. Are. Whatever this hold is, it sucks. Titan apparently gives up to zero <laughs> fanfare. I, he, I don't think he gave up, Joe. I just think the ref said this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And he just stopped. It, it is not. I like rewound. I was like, what even what? Yeah. Like it just they they're just like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like uh, enough, enough. This is this is so poor. Enough. I can't. Uh, I can't stress enough, folks. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but this literally was one of the worst matches. I, no, no hyperbole for real. That's why I'm yeah. not even yelling it. Yeah, it's literally one of the worst, it's the worst wrestling thing matches I've ever seen. Yeah. Also, no, it's it's, I'm, I'm right there. Uh, anyway, back to modern 1991. Thank God, just not yeah, this. Please, like anything that's not this. <laughs> So he brings in the uh, former Canadian heavyweight champion who has a new valet named Miss Kitty Carson. It's the natural. Oh! <laughs> well, it ain't Dustin Rhodes. It's not Butch Reed. We go to the natural in a cinder block promo. And guess who it is? Don Callis. Yeah, it's a young Don. Even I recognized him with I, hair. I like good. that. You know, uh, Cyrus the virus. Cyrus, you know, the jackal. The jackal, him. Don Callis. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's in an ivory colored suit. You know, we'll get to this, but he says he's a 90s kind of guy. Well, we'll see. Uh, Miss Kitty looks like late 80s Medusa, which is probably intentional. She has the worst possible hair, by the yeah. way. Like that. It's that thing where they, the, I don't know why this was a style, but it's where the like, it's like not even like puffy. It's just like sprayed out on the top, but only in the middle part of it's awful. It's like a bonsai tree. Yeah, it looks, no, it just looks like somebody gave her noogies just in the like, on just on one part right. of the center of her head. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Uh, Callus brags about how great he is. It's actually a pretty good promo. You know, he's a 90s guy. Yeah, he calls himself a 90s guy, but he's dressed like the 20s. Yeah, like like he's you- the white suit, the <laughs> Scarf, like, like, get the hell out of here! He's dressed like a, he's dressed like you know, his Al Capone like from he's the a East. Gangster, yeah. yeah. You know, everybody on the streets asking me, Natch, why did you fire the Sheik in the major? What's happening? Well, this is what happens to you when you look like I look and you talk like I talk. He's gonna go to the top, take it to the bank. Cool. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Um, probably the best part of the show. I'm not even kidding. I'm That's not kidding. Sad, I but know. true. Yeah. Uh, back to Joyello. Who says, if you want to see the top stars like The Natural, just write to WFWA Main Event Wrestling, P.O. Box 521113, Niaqua, P.O., Winnipeg, Manitoba, R2M5P9. So, okay. Yeah. Can I write to them how bad the last match was? That's all I really have to say. I don't get, like, what he's trying to say. If you want to see the stars, write it. What do you, you write in and you say you want to see Stan Saxon and he comes to your house? I like, always what? feel like this is, like, this is fantasy booking fodder. 
Like, it's just like, yeah. we want you to schedule or book our matches or something. Honestly, I feel like some of those these really small promotions do that. The p- problem is they usually only have like seven people working for them, so yeah. there's only so many matches. And one of them's always Baron Von Raschka. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know how. He, he's always ready for action. <laughs> anyway, we plugged the big show at Georgie's again before going to break. Hi, we're back. And we go to ringside for our next match. Thankfully, it's already in progress. It's Jerry Fury versus the Golden Sheik. Yeah, like Jerry Fuck versus Golden Shit. I literally don't care. <laughs> they, I don't care. I, I'm so <laughs> over this show. That they, last match ruined it. It's over. Nothing. I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I keep looking how much time left the whole time I'm watching it. At this, at, this is real. Now, by the way, they both look absolutely horrible. And we have yeah. a different color guy now who needs a cough drop. He's so horrible, so Joe has to, like, cover. Yeah, he's, like, pulling all the weight here. Golden Sheik looks like Barry Hardy or somebody. Like a sloppy guy from Alabama with, like, a blonde <laughs> mullet. It's just <laughs> terrible. Irish whip clothesline by Sheik, poorly done. Also, too many Sheiks on this show. Every time there's Sheiks involved in a company, you ever notice they, like, infect it? Yeah, they have, they're like, always American bad. guys calling themselves Sheik because they work for Sheik. Like, remember when Hercules was doing Sheik, it? Sheik, Hercules. Oh, God. Don't, yeah. don't bring that up. It's, it's just, it's, oh, it's, it's a trend. <sighs> Anyway, slow cover by the Sheik gets two. Is the show over yet? No, but I have news for you. Apparently, the Golden Sheik is Kenny Omega's uncle. That's not real. No, it's real. What? I'm not being funny, and I'm very sorry has to hear he, that. Uh, has he appeared on... I don't know. On, well, it, this is a Canadian thing, so... Yeah, I know. I'm saying. Sense. Oh, it's really his uncle. Yeah. Um, and he's terrible. Yeah. He's awful. He wow. is really Good thing bad. Kenny Omega eclipsed him. He, he, a little bit. Tiny bit. He's great. I'm being funny. I, I really okay, like him. We're not talking about him right now. Yeah. I'm on the mood either for this. Yeah, okay. Well, this promotion <laughs> pissed us off. So. Horrible slow stomps and kicks by Sheik. Corner whip by Sheik and some very uninspired forearms. Can he pin him now? <laughs> like, is it, can, can we end? Fury with a corner whip though of his own. Some shoulder blocks too. No reaction. Corner whip again. Charge, but Sheik gets both boots up. Goes upstairs with a crappy double axe, which just horrible. More stomping off the ropes. Bad elbow drop by the Sheik. Aiello says someone's going to wake up with back pain tomorrow. Um, <laughs> backbreaker by Sheik into a camel clutch. Enough camels on the show, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Golden Sheik wins. Thank goodness. What a waste of time. Horrible. This well, is poor, folks. What are they trying to accomplish by well, showing I, this? Listen, I know that Canadian wrestling is like a high watermark for certain people. It really, I, I know it is. Like people, No, people say like, you know, Can- Canada, their wrestling's really good or whatever. But every time we see it, I hate to say it, their television is bad. Like, that's not their strong suit. Maybe on the house show circuit, there, you know, Canadian wrestling, maybe there's some really good matches, right? But it's just whatever they do to produce their shows, it's bad. It's always poorly paced. Grand Prix was bad. They yeah. pick, like, this. the worst matches, like, from, like... I, that's what I always am guessing is what's happening, right? They always, for their TV, for some reason, they don't give their their television audience anything good to watch. They're like, no, come to Georgie's or whatever. That's where you'll see the good stuff. And I yeah. bet you there is good stuff, right? I'm sure there is. But they, what they show on TV doesn't give me any motivation to go buy the tickets and go fucking drive in my truck to Georgie's or what, whatever. What are like, even in your truck? Yeah. What well, are it's even Canada? It's more rugged terrain. I need, point. I need good vehicles to get around. Are you pointers? Yeah. Snow tires, things yeah. like that. 
What are even the feuds? What are the matches? Exactly. They don't touch on it. Like, they show it, and it's, like, the worst thing. Like, I don't want to see that. And I keep forgetting, this is 1991. It right. feels like it's 1981. It's bad. Really? Yeah. It, like, like, they haven't caught up to how you do TV. Exactly. I'm not expecting them to be Vince. Don't get me... I'm not expecting them to be WCW. And it almost, like, it really makes sense why the younger audience, uh, like, they took the Canadian stuff, and they made it better, and they brought it to America. Yeah. Because they, there are... There's, like nuggets of ideas like a lot of this promotion is kind of like you know regarding like this guy was a big deal here like that's 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 a a thought that is used elsewhere now like that yeah. the idea that the, the wrestlers an international are doing star or yeah. Like, yeah i know what you mean you know what i'm saying yeah. like stuff like that yeah. you can see that and don Callis, like just him in general i like, like him yeah it's like, i do like they don have Callis. some that's talent out there it's just it's with these canadian promotions it's always just people trying stuff and like the tv's really bad yeah, I mean, Man, Stampede's that, better than this. That's, but Stampede's poor, That's too. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, but even better than this. Just, I don't know what, whatever. Anyway, uh, Sheik puts the camel clutch back on for a second time before the ref scares him away. This whole thing was a piece of crap. Next. Yeah. Next. Move on. <sighs> Keep it moving. All right, let's go back to Joyello, who brings in our next guest in the Cinderblock promo room. It is Easy Rider. Why have I seen him before? Yeah, I, I actually, right? when I saw him, immediately I looked him up. Yep. That's same. Chubby Dudley on ECW. <laughs> so basically, it's... A Dudley that's not Dances with Dudley, Sign Guy Dudley, Big Dick Dudley, Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley. So you know he doesn't matter. Yeah, Chubby Dudley is not Chubby a f- Dudley's like not anything. Snot Dudley is better than him. There's snot. There's Spike. also like, what were the uh, the two Dudleys who were like actually the originals? Dudley <laughs> Dudley. And, and he had dances a with? Part. No, Dances with wasn't with him at, Sorry. at the beginning. There's like, it's, it's Dudley Dudley and like somebody else. Snot, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Might I don't know. Not, I don't remember. But anyway, he kind of looks like when Casey Jones has the beard in Turtles 3 and he he's does. really wit or whatever. Remember? He looks, it's that it's that part where like when they first discover him in the cages and then he looks, just April looks at the rat. It's like, oh, and I bet you're related to Splinter. And then they, they pan out and <laughs> there they like that. transition and like he, they actually like say that he, the, no, some, they don't say. It's, it's, it, they don't say. It's inferred. It is inferred. Just I watch the nerd about it. It's, yeah. He does make a good point. No, about the nerd that inferred. Shit. Yeah. Anyway, Ryder cuts a crummy promo on Bulldog Bob Brown. God, he tells Bulldog his career is about to come to a close, which is really exhilarating. It probably mm-hmm. is. He's like old as fuck. Yep. Anyway, back to Joe Ayello, who says the Bulldog has his son with him, the Pitbull. And we cut to them, and I could not even believe the scene I'm looking at. What I mean is Bulldog Brown looks to, like he always does. You know, his 50s fucking crew cut and his saggy physique. Literally looks like he's 61 years old. No, here. like literally. He yeah. probably is close to that, I would say older. he might be exactly 61 years old. You want to find out? Because we have nothing better I to do here. I don't care that much, but you could look it up if you like. You know I have to know now. Yeah. Right? You want to know how old he was? How old? 62 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. No, wait. 52 years old excuse me whoa 52 that's not no he, he looks that's old. bad that i'm that yeah that's that's bad that i'm that off same same here i thought he was about 60 it, like you were like he can't not be 60 right, right. just like looking at him no he looks like, 60 yeah at he the, literally at a bare does. minimum yes. but he's like 10 years younger than that oh, that's embarrassing anyway his son looks like dick slater's mom in a night shirt like who is this he doesn't guy even look like a wrestler just like an idiot who is like, he just no he's his son <laughs> i bet put- you that's really his son like i'm not even kidding that is the only way a guy looking like that could make it into wrestling that's the pit bull the, the pit bull is him it's like garbage <laughs> there it's it's no wonder you never saw him anywhere no who the hell would pick him up 
It was like my dad's bulldog brown who? Like you know, you know what I mean? God, awful Canadian wrestling hero or whatever. Seem at the gas station maybe. Yeah. Anyway, Bulldog cuts a pretty decent promo. That is what he's good at. Um, he's gonna do this in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, even Newfoundland. I can't even focus on this promo because his chest flab is just in my face nope, the whole time. It's bad man. Well, you know the competition is getting mighty, mighty tough around here. Let me remind you that Chris Jericho, you know that Mike Lazinski. Hey, they're on the loose. They're on the prowl. Then Pitbull cuts his weirdo promo. He's like, ah, we all got spanked when we were just shut up, shut up, Is he shut saying up. when we got younger, is he saying that, Pit, that Bulldog, his dad, spanked him too? Is he like bragging about it? Yeah, I guess so. That's weird, right? He's wearing that fucking night shirt. I hate him. It's, no, it's actually it. a baseball jersey, but it's far too it's big. It's way too yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, it's a night shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we go to break. This sucked. We go to break and we come back where it's time for our main event and this better be good. As mentioned earlier, it's Jumpin' Jim Brunzel and Mock and Singh, who you might know. That's Bastion Booger. And the hits keep coming, huh? <laughs> Bastion Booger. Yep. That's that's the best we can do here. Huh? Or Norman the Lunatic, maybe, in yep. WCW. Trucker Norm. Mm-hmm. Fryer Ferguson. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy. Mike Shaw. Nice guy. Hi, Shaw. Nice guy. Terrible wrestler. Yes. At least here, anyway. Uh, he enters first. Ketchup red singlet. Mustard-colored knee pads. He's a walking condiment. Gorilla would say that, too. Thank you. Um, some rock ish music fires up through the shitty sound system here at Club Taboo. I guess good quality is Taboo here. Is, uh, I realize Joello is actually doubling as the ring announcer this whole time. I didn't catch that. Unfortunately, there's 12 minutes left, which concerns me. As soon as they got out, I said, how much left? Uh, I know, me too. Like, I, yeah, I hit I the, like, you know, the pause, see the how yeah. much left. Anyway, Joello mentions that Jim Brunzello is still a top star in the WWF. First off, no. Second of all, he was never a top star there. Third, he's a jobber sometimes in 1991 <laughs> WWF. Yeah, like, all those things just add up to pissing me off. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway, Brunzel enters with a proud pink sweatshirt. Joe says we won't see many matches like this on television. Good. Circle to start lockup, push up by Singh, lockup again, top wrist like a Brunzel. Shove up by Singh, some walking around, great. Go behind by Brunzel, but Singh makes the rope. Singh stalls by yelling at the fans for literally no reason. Side headlock by Brunzel as Aiello mentions that Brunzel is 40 years old. That's nice. Why? I think he's actually like 41 or 42, but why would you say that? Just say no. he's like 38. Aren't they? Like, isn't this the biggest thing they could get? Yes. And they're going to be like, he's old! Yeah. Like, why would you just... He said he he's just say he looks good. He's a like, veteran. He's a veteran and he looks... And he's yeah. in good shape. Don't or, say, like, exactly his age. Or lie and say he's 38. No one yeah. knows. There's no internet. Anyway, lock up Singh into the corner, forearms, corner whip charge, but Brunzel moves, Brunzel tackles the legs with kicks. Singh is down, we go to break as Brunzel rams the leg into the ring post. Hey, we're back, and back in the ring now, where Brunzel continues to work the big fat leg of Singh. Toehold down, an elbow to the hammy. Leg, leg, leg. On a leg, knee bar by Brunzel into a spinning toehold. He tries to figure four, Singh rakes the eyes. Back up, forearm by Singh sends Brunzel down. Off the ropes, and Brunzel just fats into Singh. Ayala tells us we have a 30-minute time limit Don't here. Don't remind me of that fact, because I heard it announced, too, and I was like, that <sighs> better not be. Cue that Johnny V quote, right? Yeah, so I'll sit here for this. Th- it's, it's, it also, it's lines like that that make me check the time. Left. Yeah, I know. Like, it's, it's line like, how much left on the tape? Ugh. Big, slow offense by Singh continues here. I'm talking, you know, your punches, your forearms, your stomps. Four minutes left, folks. So <laughs> just saying. Oh, bear hug now. And we stay in this for like a minute. But Brunzel tries to club out to avoid falling asleep. Singh rams him into the turnbuckles, though, and lands a nice knee to the back. Brunzel fires back with big rights. I rake of his own. Singh, Singh kind of staggers. Gets caught in the rope, so Brunzel lands some really dumpy kicks. Some biting now. Singh is out of the ropes. 
European uppercut by Brunzel. Irish whip, boot to the gut, big headbutt, and a beautiful drop kick, of course, from Jimmy Brunzel. Irish whip again, and another drop kick sends Sing all the way out of the ring. And he just, like, all fat, like, stomps away and takes a count-out loss. Seriously, what a piece of shit. Fuck this show. Count-out in the main event? <sighs> Not good. Not good at all. We brought in Jim Brunzel. That's what we brought him in for. Yeah, what are they doing? And, and by the looks of it, it sounds like this is the only match they got out of him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, we go to the cinder block room with Jumpin' Jim, who looks like Jim Palmer from the Money Store. All mild manner. <laughs> Black shirt on. He's not even like kayfabe, and he's just like, this I, company's I, good. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was nice to be here for a night or something. I've wrestled everywhere, and this yeah. place is one of them. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Oh, my God. Like, he just talks about a few of the wrestlers are there while looking like he was forced to do this promo. No, honestly, <laughs> this seems like, okay. What this is, this I, I feel like I've seen this in any indie I've ever been to. It's like the like, it's a nice weekend for Jim kind of thing. Like yeah. it's like we invited him for the night, and he's here just to have a fun time and just to cut like a quick like, hey, this is a good company. You right. should like other like so they can say to other wrestlers, hey, Jim Brunzel came here and he liked to work here, right. and like maybe other older wrestlers are like, oh, I know Jim. Maybe right. that maybe this is a good place to work. Like this is what this is an infomercial for other wrestlers. So that they yeah. come and like want to work for them. And they can, yeah, you're yeah, probably right totally about that. That's totally what this is. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we go back to Joe Aiello one last time who plugs the Big Georgie show again before signing off. Yeah, thank goodness that that's over. Good lord, man. I had some higher hopes after that one match because, you know, Chris Jericho, all right. But it quickly went downhill. I mean, seriously, too much general add none, too many sheiks, too many camels, really crummy wrestling, if you want to call it wrestling. Yep. The only bright spot really was Don Callis. I'm not kidding. It's fucking atrocious. A terrible excuse for a presentation of wrestling. Seriously. Excuse me. I need to forget I ever saw that now. No, really. We're not joking, folks. Yeah. You watch it for yourself. It, it's not good. We're not I'm trying, trying to be negative. I'm trying, Joe. I'm trying to forget. I'm trying to Sorry. forget I ever okay. saw it. Richard, don't ever do that again. <laughs> Please never do that ever again. Yeah. But anyway, folks, you know what you can do again? You can listen to OVP again next week because we yeah. will be back. Don't forget about this show. Oh, please. Forget about the other thing. Forget about the WFWA, yeah. but we'll be back next week, hopefully with a better review. We'll have another Royal Flush, and we'll be doing another What Went Wrong. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. Shoot us an email. Join the group. And again, if you want to support us and get a lot of extra stuff, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Until next week, until next time, I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. Go to Georgie's. We'll see you next week. See ya. Well, all right. When I pulled up today at Club Taboo, I saw a hundred screaming fans and a hundred screaming kids chanting my name. And I realized right then and there that Winnipeg is a cool place to be hanging out. You know, I haven't been wrestling for too long, but I've been diving in head first. And whether the water is shallow or whether the water is deep, is for me to find out. But if I'm going under for the third time and I can't breathe no more, the fans come around me and pump me up and they're like a big old life jacket. And then I can rise to the surface and breathe again. Cause I've got the drive to survive and to stay alive. And I can't wait to show you people how I'm gonna do it. Live wrestling action this Wednesday night, June the 19th at Georgie's in the Kirkfield Motor Hotel. Already- Will you stop? stop. stop.